Hey everyone, I'm Ian. And I'm Sam. And this is Do I Like This? The podcast. Sam, I'm very proud of you for <laughs> holding in the laugh so we don't have to record this six times. You did it. Ooh, I only barely held in the laugh. <laughs> I look at you while you're, while you're doing it because you do this little wind up like, I'm an Amazon. A little bit of my customer service Ian radio voice moment. It's your favorite. This is the podcast where I bring Sam my favorite movies from my B-movie horror and sci-fi backlog. And I try to sit through them without getting too annoyed. So this long-ass film that I brought you this week was the one hour and 35 minute 2004 sci-fi style horror film Decoys. It was only an hour and a half. Yeah. One hour, 35 minute runtime. It felt like three hours. It really did. Why? Because it was so much fun, I didn't want to leave it. I just wanted to live in this town. I think it was just so much crap packed into one hour and a half. It was, there was a lot. So we watched this movie from Ian's DVD collection. Binder of Wonders, I believe you dubbed it. Yeah. (laughs) The reason being, you can't find this movie anywhere. You can find it on Amazon to buy for seven. I meant to stream. No, you can't stream it. I was actually just going to say that. You can buy it on Amazon for $7 on DVD, or you can buy it for $4 on VHS. Call both of those a steal. Yeah. I want the VHS. Just putting that out there. (laughs) To what end? I need to start my collection somewhere. I do have a collection of VHS tapes. They are my grandmother's musicals that she and I used to watch together when I was a kid. And... A couple of movies that I saved from my childhood that I loved, like Drop Dead Fred and The Little Mermaid. (laughs) Nothing wrong with one of those films. Don't you hate on either of them? I'll I'll hate on one of them, but I'll leave that up to the deductive reasoning of our listeners. The first thing I want to say about Decoys, since we watched it on your DVD, we got some previews. Oh, yes. And I always forget that that was a thing. And remember on VHS, you had to fast forward through them or just watch them every time. At least in DVDs, you could skip them. Some DVDs. That's true. You could just go to the menu. I always ran into one or two DVDs that was like locked completely. And those ones annoyed me. Whereas ones like this, where it's optional, I was totally in and I loved watching trailers. So I skipped the first one because it looked very 90s slash 2000s. The next movie we're doing on this podcast. I didn't even see which one it was. The second preview was for Starship Troopers Part 2, which... More starships, more troopers. More bugs or something. I want to watch it. I haven't seen it, but I want to watch it. I don't want to see it, but, you know, if you choose that for a movie for this podcast, then that means I have to watch it. I'll have to watch it first and decide. (laughs) And then I skipped the third one because I sat through a preview and I didn't feel like sitting through another one. Boa versus Python looks the best. Is that what that was? Yeah. Oh, I should have watched that one instead. Yeah. The basic synopsis being a 70-foot python's loose, and they go to this guy like, you have the world's only 70-foot boa. We want to use Shut up. python. And what? 2004 graphics. Oh, it looks great. We're going to do that, too, at some point. It looks amazing. That's ridiculous. Everything. That's ridiculous. Side note, this is now officially a horror, sci-fi, and general monster movie of any kind podcast because I love them. Well, I feel like they fall into those categories, because what else would they be? 
if they're a monster boa, then that to me is more of like a sci-fi type thing. Yeah. I mean, yes, action, but there's got to be some weird science involved, right? A hundred percent. So yeah, those, I love doing DVDs every now and again versus streaming just to get those trailers because I forget, like you said, mm-hmm. how awesome it was to see previews. Oh yeah. I mean, the trailers were super fun. I remember... So first of all, when I was a kid, when The Lion King came out on tape, VHS. Mm-mm. Nope. Close. You do not know how to sing in African. I don't know which African language. Sorry, I shouldn't say African. That's pretty shitty. Yeah, thank you. One of the previews was the entire paint with all the colors of the wind song from Pocahontas and me and my friends used to watch that all the time. I mean, good song. (laughs) Listen, in addition to watching like Rocky horror picture show and all the other weird fucking shit that we used to watch all the time, we would also be like, Oh, let's watch the Lion King and paint with all the colors of the wind. I don't see any fault in your logic. I don't either. All right, so let's get into this movie. We have a lot of notes. We have 19 pages of double-sided notes. Well, nine pages of double-sided notes plus a half. I have seven. So real quick, the IMDb description of this movie. Luke and Roger are just another... Was it Roger or Roger? Roger. Raj. Roger or Raj? Raj is a nickname for Roger, Ian. (laughs) (laughs) No, you should leave that in. <laughs> what was happening was bad, and I struggle sometimes with getting the words right. So, thought I would check before going into this. So, Luke and Roger or Raj are just another couple of college guys trying to lose their virginity. All right, this is already incorrect, but anyways. But when Luke see Luke's not a virgin. When Luke sees something unusual, don't give it away. <laughs> no, just keep reading. I'm doing it again for myself, but I'll leave that in. Luke and Roger are just another couple of college guys trying to lose their virginity. But when Luke sees something unusual, he begins to suspect that the girls on campus aren't exactly human. Yeah. That's a stupid blurb, but sure. Sure, it gets it gets to the gist. Listen, the basic premise of this movie is one of those like teen sex comedies with a little bit of action horror. This was CW the movie. Yeah. I wrote multiple times. Uh-huh. So I don't know if I want to talk about it yet. We'll talk about it later. So we should just get into this because there's a lot to get into. I thought it was interesting. The first thing I learned, the first thing on the screen, this was funded by the Canadian Feature Film Fund, which I had never heard of until now. And it was shot in Ottawa. So kind of cool random facts about this movie. I actually also wrote, oh, another Canadian set film. <laughs> so <laughs> we already hilariously touched on and I questioned my whether they're just in these films often or whether they're just in the ones I choose. Yeah, I think it's just you really like Canadian monster movies with weird blowjobs, horrible music, and montages. Those are exactly the things I thought of. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Apparently they're my things. Oh, it's Halloween at some point in the movies, too. Oh, yeah. What the F, Ian? So weird. Well... I guess it's not weird because a lot of horror movies play on that. Oh, it's Halloween. It's extra spooky. It's irrelevant to this one. So oh, absolutely. I think 
so listen, because the end of the movie takes place on Christmas, so I'm pretty sure it was meant to show the passage of a certain amount of time because they do mention that earlier. So the first shot of this movie let me know what type of movie we were getting ourselves into in terms of like the quality of the director because it opens just looking up at the sky into tree branches and then all of a sudden a little kid's face looms over with a little Halloween witch's hat and she's like that was a weird shot it was dumb it was trying to be artistic and it was stupid it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen no that would be a plastic bag blowing in the wind stupid So it's Halloween, a bunch of kids are running around. There's a guy with floofy hair and a letterman's jacket with a bouquet of flowers. He's like walking by the kids and he's like, (laughs) scares them, whatever. He goes up to a house, he rings the bell, no one answers. He's peeking in the windows. He knocks on the door, and this bothers me in horror movies. If the door creaks open freely when you gently knock on it, don't go in the fucking house. Never. Especially when you then slowly walk in the house and it's not packed with any furniture, just piles of no. moving boxes. No, never. And never. never. Your breath Stupid. starts showing because it's freezing cold. Get out of the house. Get out of the house. Yeah. Get out. Yeah. It's, it's just a terrible idea. You're at the wrong house or you're in a house full of dead people, yeah. as we find out he is. So dumb. Dumb, dumb. So all the things Ian said. It looks like someone is either moving in or moving out. So I wrote here, his hair is not out of any recent era, and it's real bad. It's very floofy. It almost looks maybe like 70s. I don't know. It's bad. It's bad. We'll put a picture up on Instagram. If I can find one. If we can find Or I'll screen grab one. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. I don't usually know how to describe hair. He has like floofy side bangs. It was looked like something I probably had as a teenager. Oh, you know what? You're like on the verge of it. I know it's quarantine hair. If like you gave the Beatles a part in the side middle, no, it was much longer than that. It was like a a half mullet floof with some parted bangs. I love your description. We'll put out. We'll see if we can get you guys a picture. So okay, let's move on. So he walks into a room and the TV's on with like white noise, Mm -hmm. and he sees there's a person sitting in front of the TV. And it shows you the person's hand dripping water onto plastic. Again, if you go into a, an almost empty house and you see Dexter plastic on the floor, get out. Yeah. White noise TV. Just go home. So I wrote, oh, so the dude's frozen? Okay. So then this guy goes, mm-hmm. not like not thinking anything's weird. He goes, oh, hey, let me get that for you. And goes to turn off the TV, turns. And sees this guy with like a frozen scream on his face. And he's upset for a minute. Like he gets a little bit scared. And then he starts laughing and he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And he goes up and touches the guy's face because I'm, you know, it's Halloween. It must be a prank or something, right? Okay. That gives me a little more rationale behind that because my thought was like, I don't understand why you think that's funny at all. Right. Forgetting that it was Halloween already. So then when he touches the guy, he's like, oh shit. And then he turns yelling and there's another frozen guy literally right next to him in a way that he could not have missed him before no idea how he missed him yeah so there's these two frozen guys he's starts screaming rather unconvincingly like what the hell's going on and then we cut to decoys across the screen 
with glorious opening 2000s rock emo music playing over it. And I wrote, well, we're in for a treat. It was better than Bloody Bill's music. <laughs> oh, most things are. Mm-hmm. I also wrote early 2000s, that ska punk fake pop music. There's really no way to describe it other than that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we have a bunch of guys on a college campus, Is was my guess. It is a college campus. But I was confused because they all look like babies. Yeah. They either look like little babies or they look like they're in their 40s. They're all holding beers. I wrote open container drinking is cool in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> like just walking through campus with open beer yeah. bottles. They're, everyone's like wasted in this movie all this the time. This campus is a party. Yeah. It's something. It it really is. Nobody stops partying. I don't know. Do they get school for free? Because maybe that's why nobody cares. I don't know. So <laughs> even though it's just a momentary scene, it introduces us to some of the glorious dialogue in this film. So they're putting up a banner that says the seventh annual Snow Queen contest. They're drunk. They're falling all over themselves. One guy falls over. And his friend goes, damn it, Jolene or something. You're such a knob. <laughs> Yeah, I wrote multiple times in this that I'm pretty sure the script was written by a 12-year-old boy. It's like 2004 trying to be cool. Oh, God. It's... I love it. Mm. Yeah. So then the one guy walks away from the signs. He's just like strutting around with a beer. I can't tell if he's actually cool or if he just thinks he's cool. I think he's cool because this is Canada. I, I don't know. He just had this like weird sort of... Um, like, I don't, he was like saying like, Hey, he was big man on campusing, but you aren't certain if he actually is right. That's exactly what I meant when I said that. So this, so we cut to a hallway inside of student housing of some kind. I have a name for this hallway. Hold on. With a ton of low rise bell bottom jeans, crop tops and belly rings. Oh my God. So much nostalgia. I called this Midriff Boulevard. It it was. Dude. Every there's like 30 women in this hallway. And all of them were wearing the same version. Like of Christina the same Aguilera yes. in Genie in a bottle. Yes. So we're gonna be like dating ourselves a lot in this movie because this movie took place right around when I graduated high school. My no, this was this my sophomore year in college. Yeah. It was, so it was a little after we had graduated high school. This movie's outfits oh. reminded me of my entire life from the time I was like 17 to 24. Yeah. Those, those jeans that like barely covered your vagina and... The male polo shirt and oh two, slightly too baggy jeans and the t-shirt over the long sleeve undershirt. Oh, this was a time capsule. I know. And the women with like the belly chains and the belly button rings with the crop tops with their bras showing the hair with like the chunky blonde highlights like the like there's a DJ at one point wearing one of those like um, Kangol hats. Yeah. Like those the oh, wool like just yeah. over your ears. Oh, like the bucket hat. He was like, one of the guys yes. wearing the bucket hats. Like, oh, my God. I used to go out to the stupid clubs thinking I was cool, dressed like that with dudes who dressed like that. And I was looking at them like, oh, God, we all look so dumb. 
And I used to sit nerdy in my dorm room watching TV shows about people going out to clubs with girls dressed like that. That's true. <laughs> I Yeah, this movie was nostalgic in a lot of ways. Oh, my God. I really appreciated so much of this. That being said, as they're walking down the hallway, we meet Luke and Roger. Raj. And they walk past like a bunch of these girls. And they walk past this girl in a dorm room with a goddamn flamethrower. Right. She's doing art because she's an art student, apparently. What the? F- I don't know. I don't know. I don't but know. Lou. No. Or- so hold on. Mm-hmm. So they introduce her. Her name is Melody. They're like, hey, oh, yeah. Melody. And Roger. Okay. I didn't know their names at this point. So Roger has like a little snaggle tooth. He's little Elijah Wood. He he does look like a chubby, weird Elijah Wood. And I love him in this movie. I love Elijah Wood. No, no. I love Roger in this movie. I know what you meant. Okay. So Roger, I called him snaggle tooth or snags. And Luke, I called him floofy brown hair or floofy. I called him baby Colin Farrell. Oh, ew. No. Yeah. When you see it side by side. I don't agree with that assessment as a person who thinks Colin Farrell when he was younger is attractive. All right. (laughs) Wait till I show him side by side later. I don't want to see that. I won't ruin that for you. So listen, Roger was like starts to walk into the room toward Melody and he's like, damn girl, you make my teeth sweat. And then Luke pulls him away. Thank God. I wrote what? Yeah. And then Roger says, do you think she knows I'm a virgin? Mm. I wrote at this point, is this the University of Fuckington? Because this is the sexiest, horniest college I have seen. Yeah, it's like, um, what was the movie? Was it Van Wilder? Yeah. Yeah, that one. It's on that level of everyone's trying to get it. Everyone's trying to give it. It's just a party. I don't see anyone studying. What I will say right before this movie starts to get going is it does move from point to point. There isn't a lot of unnecessary shit. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that. What I don't appreciate is them lying that guys in college do laundry. Um, Or that guys do laundry, period. Exactly. (laughs) I know. I I was the one who called it out. I call bullshit when I see it. (laughs) So Luke and Raj are going to do laundry. So they walk into the laundry room and there's a window open and they're commenting that it's freezing, which was a very telegraphed thing to me. Like, oh, this is something that the alien people need or some crap. Nothing is subtle in this movie. Not at all. And I also wrote, these guys are very familiar. What else have they been in? Uh, I'll have to look it up. So I wrote here, these guys are very familiar. And then I remembered toward the end that Roger was in that episode of Supernatural where the guy can make other people do stuff. Remember that? Oh, yes. Twin, the evil twin. That one's fun. Yeah. Yeah. We love Supernatural. We're huge Supernatural fans. (laughs) I've only gotten through four and a half seasons. Don't tell them that. I'm working on it. I love it. I'm going to get there. I've seen all the seasons except for the last one like six times. So they start drinking. I'm, I'm team Dean. Everyone's team Dean, Ian. It's not hard. <laughs> they they start drinking beer because I guess that's what you do um, when you're doing laundry. And they're dancing. Okay. I wrote laundry room beer dance party. 
How strong was the beer up there in Canada? But also... They were drinking cans of Fosters. Not strong. Yeah. So Luke goes to Roger for the first of multiple times in this movie. He cracks open one beer and Luke goes, hey, man, you should probably slow down the partying. Yeah, I wrote, are they okay? Because they just seemed like they were already drinking too much and already not in in control of their bodies. (laughs) Well, I wrote... What kind of college student is Luke telling his buddy to cut back on the drinking? A good friend, Ian. A responsible one, we'll find out later to an extent, but uh, it just... <laughs> we find out later. <laughs> many things. But <laughs> many things. All right, but, but what I mean by that is, and I'm not encouraging binge drink or anything, but like the stereotype in these films, I don't expect the main dude to be the guy being like, you should stop partying. It's not usually what I... I wasn't expecting it. And it seemed unnecessary. No, I think they were setting it up for some of the things that come later. Eh. So again, that's another example of why I think this movie was written by a 12-year-old boy, because a 12-year-old boy thinks that that's what college kids do. Fair. And listen, college kids party and drink and whatever, but they don't have dance parties in the laundromat. I would argue what happens next in the laundry room is more evidence that this movie was written by a 10-year-old boy. Oh, one bajillion percent. So two blonde girls wearing... Stunning. They're very beautiful. I had a crush when I was 16 years ago on Constance. I could tell that that's why you like this movie so much. No, I had a crush on many <laughs> actors and actresses or actresses through my no, day. No, but... I'm like... I'm watching this and like the only reason Ian likes this movie, the only reason I thought you liked it before I started Mm -hmm. was, oh, there's got to be a bunch of boobs in this because this is dumb. Like two minutes in, there weren't really. I'm a sucker for, Um, and you know, this like CW style teenage. I love like Dawson's Creek and Gilmore. That was just, I don't know. It hit me as it was my jam. I think it was the nerdy kind of wanting to be cool guy living out that fantasy in me a little bit. Yeah. But I'm totally a sucker for those kind of things. But then when, as I got into it, I was like, oh, Ian definitely like thought these girls were hot. And that's why he liked this movie. <laughs> I, I was a big fan of, of Constance. In walks these two beautiful blonde girls. They're both like beautiful, great bodies. They're wearing low cut shirts. They're wearing like the little crop tops mm-hmm. and the tiny little jeans. And, you know, they just are really beautiful. And they introduce themselves as Lily and her cousin Constance. <laughs> the, the transfer pre-med students. Right. And Constance is aggressively sucking on this lollipop in a really uncomfortable sort of way. At which point she looks over at Luke, who Roger's nowhere to be found. He's disappeared. Luke yeah, is acting go? like he's never seen a woman before. Right. And is so like, like, hey guys, um, yeah, hey, Luke, good looking dude, in shape. That's legitimate what he sounded like, and he was like, oh, oh, yeah, and, and he, he was, was shaking, so shaking and overacting, and like this, he has the looks of a guy who should be kind of comfortable having attractive women be in his presence and talk to him, or just or any people, to any yeah. person. He's in that awkward state, and Constance doing with the lollipop goes. Sorry, I have an oral fixation. And I punched a wall because as an adult now, the scene is 
dumb. Right. So then they start seductively doing laundry. Like it's, <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> one, of them has, one of them has tongs and she's picking her thongs out of the dryer with them. Lily. And then she's snapping them with the tongs. She grabs the static sheet and she like sniffs it seductively yeah. in his face. So bizarre. Oh, so and then she like puts down a thing of quarters and it's like, <gasps> and I was like, what does that even mean? I was like, is she trying to like pretend it's a dick or something? That's I don't understand. Yeah, but it's only it's- like a half pack too. It's not even a full. Yeah. That's why I really think this was written by an adolescent. Oh, I 100% with you. And then, hold on. And I saw this as a just out of adolescence. So that might be why I really loved this right. in my memories. Constance shoves her entire lollipop into Luke's mouth. Like, is that sexy? I said what? she she mouth raped him with it. Right. If I walked up to you and shoved my whole lollipop into your mouth hole, what would you think? Would you be like, oh, yeah, I love this girl. I want to bang her. I would think, how would I piss off my wife? But no, I would be like, what the fuck is happening? I was cringing a lot, especially in this scene. The scene was for me, you know, those moments where you're watching something and you like almost don't want to look at the screen. You're like, oh, God, why are they doing that? I'm so embarrassed. for them. So at one point, Lily's like getting real close to him. So she's the taller blonde. Constance is the shorter blonde. That's literally the only way to tell him part in this. Lily leans in and she's like, what's your major? (laughs) <laughs> and Luke goes, I have no idea. I'm a freshman. Come on, dude. I knew my major when I was a I freshman. knew my major going into college before I started. I changed it four times when I was a freshman, but I knew what my major was. Also changed mine as a freshman, but nonetheless, dumb. Can I just say, so they have a little wicker basket that they put their laundry in. It looked like... Mm-hmm. The only thing in there was that one pair of underwear that Lily pulled out with tongs. It just looked like there was nothing else in there. Like they came in there just for that underwear. It's the perfect trap. It was very weird. So then they leave with their one pair of underwear. And floofy guy, Luke, sees that they left their little roll of quarters. Mm -hmm. And he gets this look on his face like... And he grabs it and he runs out and he's like stumbling and falling all over himself. To the point that he falls on his face in the hallway. He's pretending he's drunk. And also, where's Roger? Yeah, I don't know where Roger pieced out. He disappeared. So at this point, I said, has this guy ever been drunk in his entire life? Because I don't think he has. Because drunk people don't act like that. No. And this is there are multiple points in this movie where I thought, has this person ever been through this experience before? Because that's not how it is. Right. Specifically around people being drunk. Or intimate. Oh, no. That's, listen, you never know, okay? <laughs> you never know. Fair. We've both, we both seen some shit. <laughs> but what I'm going to say is the drunk thing. Bad. These people, they're just like falling and... Like saying weird something, like <laughs> like slurring and laughing. Listen, all of that stuff happens. Not like this. Yeah, the way they're doing it, obviously they're faking it. Obviously, it's very, very, very fake. As a person who has had some experience in that department, like not in ten years, but I was a hot mess, especially in this 
decade that we're watching. Probably while they were filming. Right, exactly. Like, it just it just annoyed me, I guess. I find it more annoying that no one who was on set on this film watching this happen thought to stop and go, guys, not nailing it. Yeah, it it's pretty silly. So Luke, our stumbling boy, goes to the girls' room. He knocks. They told him that their room was right across from theirs when they were in the laundry room. They gave him the number. He goes there. No one answers. So, so he just goes in. He just goes in. Yeah. And it's empty and freezing. The windows are open. Yeah. The two beds are pushed together. They make note of looking at that. And then, and he makes this little face. And I wrote implications. Yeah. And right. then, so he goes to put the coin down on the, the like barren little desk. And there's a Yanni CD. Oh, I didn't see that. There's a Yanni <laughs> CD. So then. He notices a negligee hanging on the closet and he goes up to it and opera music starts playing and he is like, like, like sniffing it and just like rubbing it on his face. Like he's never touched, smelled, seen a female in his entire life, which we find out later is not true. Ten-year-old writer. Absolutely. Ten-year-old writer moment. Absolutely. So listen. Here's where we can push pause and talk about what we know about who actually wrote this movie, because I think it's important. So there were special features, a special feature, a behind the scenes little documentary thing. I think it was like 40 minutes long. I did not watch the whole thing. I I made it 10 minutes. Yeah, I watched like maybe 10 minutes and then I fast forwarded to the end and watched like a minute and turned it off because it was stupid. But we got what we needed because right at the beginning... An old white man is talking about how he came up with the idea for this movie. Beautiful blonde women on a college campus who are aliens. Who could ask for more? Can we explain that? Not only did he explain how he came up with that concept, but it was come up with when he went into a meeting with a guy at a studio. And he goes, I want you to do something with sci-fi. And they talked for a couple hours and hammered it out. Right. I wrote, these nerds. They're not nerds. They're just gross old men. They're gross old men who wanted to have a movie about alien babes. Those are literally his words, alien babes. I was a nerd. We had more respect for women. Absolutely. Because you just needed to get to a point where you could touch them, so you had to be respectful. So it's super gross listening to them describe it. Then we find out that they go to this guy to write it, and the guy convinces them to let him be the director also. Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why so much of this movie has stuff left in that probably would have been left on the cutting room floor if any other director directed it. Yeah. And this guy, this was his first movie, I think. He was not a 10-year-old boy, surprisingly. Kind of looked like one. He kind of acted like one when you saw the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Well, so the way that the cast was describing him, they're like, He's so nice. He never, he never like has us do extra stuff. He never pushes whatever. No, you're not just supposed to let them do whatever they want. You're supposed to guide them. That's your role. You direct them. (laughs) Well, and we also find out, and this isn't a knock because I don't think it was all terrible. A lot of the casting was done locally Mm -hmm. and local casting calls and a lot of first time actors. And I think that's great. They just chose the wrong ones. They did open casting calls like American Idol. They called it Space Idol because that was the production company. Right. So they made it this whole thing. And I think that was part of the whole gimmick to this movie Mm -hmm. was the way that it was cast. And it was very strange because they did a little bit about that before I stopped watching. Yeah. But 
One of the things that was so weird about this behind the scenes is that they were talking a lot about the open casting calls and they just had gymnasiums filled with women dressed in the outfit we described earlier, the low rise jeans, the crop top with their bellies out. And the video was just zooming in on their bellies. And it was very strange. Yeah, that was weird. It was so weird. That was pervy. Right. So this movie was written, directed, conceived of by adolescent-brained pervy old men. Last note I'll make about the behind the scenes that I was watching is Luke, who's our main character. The actor makes a quote. He was talking about like, oh, yeah, it was fun. There's so many insanely hot women, like Maxim cover models. Oh, yeah, I saw that. (laughs) That brought me back. He was such a loser. Oh, that brought me back to that time. He was very weird. And it almost seemed like the director was buddies with everybody, which is fine. But you also have to, like, direct them. And then I looked up the director, and he's done a ton of stuff since. Lots of, like, movies like this and, like, TV shows like this. But then he's also done stuff that you like. A lot of sci-fi stuff, like Eureka. Um, I can't remember what else. I'll have to go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a something for another time. Hey, you got to start somewhere. You got to convince someone to let you direct. Exactly. And I'm sure Credit that, to him for getting get them to let him do it. Right. And I'm sure that he's much more successful now and this was probably his you learn. a learning curve. Right. So all of a sudden we're in the room. Luke has put the quarters on the desk and he hears the girls coming. So he hides in the closet. So the girls come back in. They're talking about their cleavage and how Men only care about their boobs and look at me in the eye while you're talking to me or something like that. As they're wearing low V-cut crop tops, emphasizing their boobs. Right. So listen, you can wear whatever you want and dudes shouldn't just stare at your boobs. They should look at your face. Agreed. But it just was really silly because that's not what this movie is about. No. So then they make a comment. The men back home are all dead. And I was like, oh, so you're the aliens. These boys are ripe for the picking. So they go open the windows. They're standing at the open windows. They're making lots of weird, like, sexual innuendo statements. They're, like, vaguely sexual. Yeah, things like, like, will you take care of me? You know it would be my pleasure. Like, those kind of lines. And then Luke is in the closet, basically, like. He came in his pants. Coming. Like, watching them just talk. This is when I wrote down, oh, I've definitely seen this before. Mm Mm-hmm. Tentacles are going to come out of their chests, right? And then tentacles tentacle boobs come out of their chest. Constance is spraying something on Lily's chest tentacles while they're both totally naked. Then they get into tiny little outfits and they leave. I would describe it just to, when we say chest tentacles, <laughs> it looks like Cthulhu, yes. a Cthulhuian, like burster chest bursters are coming out like 15 tentacles out of the front of your chest. Right, just waving around wildly. Yeah. And I thought to myself, oh, I've definitely seen this before. You know what? I think Ian showed it to me when we first started dating. Probably. And maybe I fell asleep on it because I don't remember the second half of the movie at I all. do recall you falling asleep on one or two of the movies I've and shown I you. I usually don't fall asleep on movies. So that's a We testament. also often would watch them after work at like Yeah, it would be like 1 4 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so during all that, like Luke stumbles a little in the closet. They kind of look at it thinking they see something, then playing it off. And then they leave. And Luke comes out, and he looks at what they were spraying. Okay. I don't know if you noticed this. I did. So they, they're they spraying a bottle, 
and it says N2. It should have been NO2. No, it shouldn't have. It should have been LN2, liquid nitrogen. Oh, I thought that was nitrous NO2 oxide. Was nitrous oxide. Yeah. That's what I thought they were spraying. No, it's liquid nitrogen. All right, fair enough. Anyways, I, we both noticed it was wrong. Right. It was wrong, the end. Get better nerds. <laughs> Listen, if you want to make movies about alien babes and be nerdy, just do a little bit more research. Just Google. Or call us. We'll give you insight. Right. We yeah. both have science degrees. Among other things. <laughs> yeah. So then we cut to the dorm room where Roger is dancing in his underpants and singing a song about himself. Called that I wrote Roger's the man song. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Roger, you're the man. Also kind of singing at this bikini babe poster on his wall that says Caliente. So fucking creepy. Oh, he says something creepier too in a minute. Also at the beginning of this movie, he makes a few statements where he says random Spanish words. And I was wondering, is he Spanish? No, I think it was just trying to be like early 2000s cool, like lingo drops. Like Ricky Martin and Rinke Iglesias vibe. Yeah. (laughs) He does not have either of their vibes, by the way. No. He's a pasty Canadian. Yeah. So he tells Luke. So Luke comes in Mm -hmm. and he tells Luke, oh, my God, I got a date with these two hot girls, Candace and Lily. Mm -hmm. And Luke is, I wrote, Floof is very agitated because at this point we didn't have his name. (laughs) You don't want to agitate the Floof. Um, he says, there's something seriously bad about them and starts flipping out. Yeah. The only emotion Floof really portrays the rest of this film is completely out of control. He's not a very good actor. I'm sorry, boy who played Floofy Luke. It was hard to watch. Floof, you gave it your all, but you and what was it? Corey from all through the house. Who's Corey? The boyfriend. Oh, no, listen. Floof was better than boyfriend. Yeah, so at least Floof was trying to act. Yeah. He was just overacting, and it just came off as, like, later on, it turned into campy, but here it was just very weird. And Egg, I don't even remember his name anymore, from All Through the House, he, like I said, he was a wooden spoon with hair. He just didn't even try. We're going to have to come up with like a, an award category for performances like this. So Raj kind of ignores him. He doesn't care. He's like, dude, I'm hot chick. And then he turns to his poster, kisses the Caliente poster and goes, goodbye, 2D. Hello, 3D. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I didn't write a lot of the dialogue down. I wrote some of it down because I knew. I was like, mm. oh, God, it's writing all of this down. Yep. I got it all. So then we cut to a diner sort of thing he's with alex who's a girl Mm -hmm. roger and a guy dressed as a dj and i just want to note here that i thought alex was melody i thought they were the same person they're not oh okay i could see yep they're both girls with brown like dark brown hair the only women in this entire movie that have brown hair Mm -hmm. apparently and so alex explains to luke what the liquid nitrogen is she yep. like describes the chemistry whatever so obviously she's the smartest correct luke says i don't think they had navels and i wrote no one calls it that no i hadn't heard that term they say it multiple times in this movie mm-hmm. that they don't have a navel i've heard listen 
I know people use that word. It is a word. It's the word to describe it if you're like maybe a medical professional. Nobody says that except for maybe like a grandparent. I was going to say 700-year-old men. Yeah. Right. Very weird. So, yeah, Luke, I keep wanting to call him Sam for some reason. I don't even know. Uh, Floofy, well, I'm going to call him. Uh, Floof. Floof is explaining like the aliens and everything. And Roger goes, okay, I'm having a party. And it's in a place called reality. So then the DJ starts terribly beatboxing. Gibby is what he wants to be called. His name's Nathan, but he informs us, nobody calls me Nathan. It's, and he goes, Gibby. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, which is 2004. Listen, you got to have a DJ in the 2000s movie. Oh, there's like three. Right. A 2000s boob college film. You have to have a DJ. Mm-hmm. A guy in a bucket cap or a Kangol cap with headphones around their neck. Cause that's what this guy's wearing. Yep. Ridiculous. So they're all talking about going to this sorority party. So then Gibby heads off. Alex and Luke start walking to the sorority party. I enjoyed this exchange. Luke goes, if only I could get a good look at it. And Alex goes, at what? And Luke goes, the opening between their breasts. Oh, <laughs> it's just like, because that, oh. that's another thing he described. There's like a random yeah. mark right underneath like where your solar plexus would be like between your well if you're a woman or if you're a person with breasts like below them in the middle right below your sternum little black hole what it's a little blackish hole kind of thing oh yeah i (laughs) i thought you're saying on a on a person we have a black hole that would have been more interesting so alex says forget this party let's go to the cronenberg festival and i'm like fuck yeah dude Dude, she's hot. She's interesting. But no, Luke goes, nah, I got to find the truth. Ugh, which is what I wrote. <laughs> the right. I wrote the same thing. I'm like, you blow off this party and you go hang out with a hot girl who's interested right. in stuff. And she's beautiful. Beautiful. Right. Yeah. So I wrote, we're 15 minutes in now and I hate everyone except for Alex. I also was thinking, why do I know her? Where do I know her from? She was. You probably have no clue what this is. She was in Once Upon a Time. Remember that show? Nope. Fairy tale characters. Listen, really great first season. The rest was meh. She plays Ruby, who's Red Riding Hood. Spoiler alert. And she's just as beautiful and just as bad of an actor in that too. So. So they walk into this sorority house, and I wrote, "It's a typical two thousands college movie house party." Absolutely. There, there's a party walking around montage. The DJ Gibby's yelling, it's off the hook, yo. We have a random girl yelling, everybody, let's do shooters. And they do the test tube shots and I remember college D, a white college DJ. And yeah, I wrote Gibby acts like he has game. He has none, by the way. No. How he he's there with his soon-to-be sorority sister girlfriend. No way he pulls that girl in real life. Yeah. Best he's like a half-assed weed dealer yeah he's weird and his cultural appropriation situation was really bothering me not good i guess in the early 2000s that was cool that's just how people acted white people (laughs) white stupid college-age dudes so then from across the dance floor Lily sees Luke, and then he has this random vision of her face hugger attacking him. Because that's what I call it. I call her tentacles face hugger, and 
in my notes. Okay, so regarding Luke and his visions, I'm actually worried about Luke having a mental break in this movie because he has multiple psychiatric like visions out of time. So he has a few of those moments and three quarters of the movie through, I thought to myself, oh, is this all fake and Luke is having a psychotic episode? Oh, that would have been awesome. Because that would have been better. But obviously that didn't happen. So yeah, so Luke has this vision of these tentacles and he's like, and then he goes over and just starts dancing with her. So he sees her across the dance floor. He panics. She comes to him because she comes and Alex is right next to him. As she's walking to him, he literally shoves Alex aside like she's a coat rack. Well, and then he throws his coat on her like she's a coat and rack. And then uses her as one. And then goes and dances with Lily yeah. aggressively. So Alex obviously has a crush on him. Oh, God. Yeah. And then Melody comes over, who I thought was the same person, and says... <laughs> Must have been a moment for you. I was like, oh... I guess they are a different person. I thought maybe they just messed up the names in the continuity or something. <laughs> this movie? Melody says, you wanted to be one of the boys. Now you are. And they go off to get drinkies. Okay. So I have no problem with something like that. If you set that up in any way, she's sat at a table and talked to them. Dude, that's the only setup. of. There's that. a lot of random shit in this movie yeah. that needs backstory that does not get one. Correct. We will get to the main one shortly. I wrote, I thought they were the same person. (laughs) So Luke is all up on Lily and she says. She's um, all up on him too. He's just like, he's afraid of her, but he's like all up in her business. And she starts saying, oh, I saw my roll of quarters. I wonder how that happened. And then she's aggressively grinding on him. And then he introduces himself to her by his full name. Yeah. So AI and then wrote, they make up. So AI wrote lots of hip shots in this movie because they continue to shoot midriff and hips randomly. And then I was like, Luke, get yourself together, man. You're already in. Why are you trying to like I know he's trying to play like, no, 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 I think she's dangerous. I gotta I gotta control myself. That was the worst act. That was the worst acting. When he pulled away, like trying to show he was, like you know, oh, I'm, let's take it slow. Oh, is that what he was doing? I thought. I don't know. I thought he was just nervous and was like, uh, "My name is Luke Callahan," and puts his hand yeah. out to shake, and then they just start making out. Because he had just seen her tentacle thing, I thought he was kind of scared. Maybe. And he was trying to like he had. I don't know. It was difficult to tell. Because of some of the choices that these actors made. And the choices that the screenwriter made. Yeah. So I wrote, what in the actual fuck? Because they're just making out aggressively. Double make out. Because then Constance pulls Roger over and starts making out with him next to them. Yeah, it's very strange. So then we get this wild-eyed blonde woman who... Is apparently like the head of the sorority, but she looks like she's 40. Which she looks is, like Angela from The Office, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. She actually does. Yeah. Like she, I was just going to say, she's not a bad looking woman. She just does not look like she is young enough to be in the situation that she is in. As a person who went back to college in their 30s says. <laughs> but whatever. So she jumps on the mic to hype up the crowd. And it's very bizarre. 
We find out later that her name is Vicky Vickers. I didn't even realize that. I hate it. I hate it. I was never the guy who was invited or went to sorority or fraternity (laughs) fraternity parties. I'm leaving that in. I'm, I'm powering through this. So I'm just choosing to imagine this is the norm. It was very strange. It was almost in good. the hazing. Oh, God. Yeah. I, listen, sorority. I was never part of a sorority or a fraternity. Or a fraternity. I didn't go to any parties of theirs, but I've been to many parties. I've been to parties with DJs. I've been to parties with... That's All no kinds of shit. Your family loves it's always DJs great. At their parties. My family does love a good DJ. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, when I say they love a good DJ, they love a real good really DJ. Is. He's the best. We have a family DJ, no joke. Yeah. It's awesome. Hey, what up, Eric? I know. <laughs> Thanks, COVID. <laughs> oh, obviously that hasn't happened this year, unfortunately. Say <laughs> say. Oh, but they're nothing, those, like a normal party, even a party with a DJ where everyone's getting all wild. I've never seen this sort of random weirdness go down. So Vicky Vickers, she introduces the hockey captain, Bobby something? Johnson. Bobby Bobby Johnson. Johnson. Bobby Johnson, uh, who's apparently a moron. Cannot read well. Yeah. It actually kind of made me sad for him. Yeah. And he announces the Ice Queen. So there's the Ice Queen is apparent. The Ice Queen contest is apparently a pageant, and so each sorority gets to nominate a contestant. And he announces Lily as the contestant for the sorority, and um, Constance is pissed. Lily is tall blonde again. Just kind of reminding you, the one that Luke is into. It doesn't matter if they're tall or short. They can't see. So we just say Lily and Constance. So then Lily goes up on the stage and then she just starts making out with the hockey player. Yeah. They're dancing. They say, make out with him. And she makes out with him. Like, yeah, she only hesitates for like a second. And Luke is like, eh. Now, it makes more sense in a minute when you find out that that's her date to this thing. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Didn't know that either. So I was like, oh. That's cool. Nice one. And just ditching the guy. But then you find out that actually she was being a jerk ma- dancing with this other guy. It was very strange. This was great. This whole, this whole next scene, it really reads like a teenager wrote it. This guy wrote this movie when he was 15. I know it. Okay. He just didn't get a chance to make it until he was in his 20s or 30s, whatever he was. He just need to find some creepy old men who right. were interested in a similar thing. Right. So Luke gets poop face upset. Poopy face, and he turns and he accidentally knocks. He gets bumped into by Lily and hockey guy dancing and okay. they knock him into a girl who can spill a drink on her sweater. And she says, and I need you to explain this to me. She's mad. She's like, this is like Angora. What does that even mean? So Angora is a type of fabric. Yeah. So it was a joke because Angora is like, it's nice, but it's not like cashmere or silk. Because I was going to say, it must be nice enough because her next line is, I am never, ever going to forgive you like never. 
Right. She <laughs> is very aggressive about this small little stain on her little cardigan sweater. So they gave her braces and they kind of leaned into that. And yeah. I, it was a character choice. And I don't know why it matters, but apparently it does because she comes back later. Yeah. Well, then the hockey guy leans into him and goes, she called because she calls him a loser. And hockey guy goes, truth hurts, don't it? And I'm like, I don't know if he's ever met this guy before because in the movie, well, maybe he, hasn't. he saw his girlfriend making out with him moments before. Who knows? See, that's fair. Right. So then Luke turns to punch Bobby Johnson and he accidentally punches the Angora girl straight. Oh my God. In the I face. laughed at that. That was unexpected and I enjoyed that. I was like, what? <laughs> So then Luke and the hockey guy are fighting. We The most Canadian fight ever. Because after a few punches and Luke starts losing, he goes, stop, enough. And they stop and he goes, okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> he just storms out. I got beat. Runs out like a petulant toddler, like our kid, when we won't give her the lid to a bottle to put in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy, I want to hold your hot coffee. No. Arr! I'm running away. <laughs> yeah. I'm flinging myself backwards onto the floor head first. So Luke runs out and Alex follows him. And she's she's like, oh, I can't believe you got so wound up over Lily. I've never seen you react like that. And he says, I thought she was different. Dude, you thought she was a fucking alien. Dude, this 13-year-old must write for the CW because this was yeah. like so many CW trope moments. I keep flashing back to like One Tree Hill moments and, you know, uh, again, like Gilmore Girl. Like so run-of-the-mill. The shots seem the same. The language and cadences, the, the, the music that starts playing over it is dead on. I loved it. Not necessarily this film, but I loved the concepts. So he thought she was a monster until his dick got involved. And then he thought she was going to be different and they were going to fall in love forever, I guess. I don't know. Stupid. So then he and Alex decide to take a drive. I don't know why this matters, but like she runs off to get her phone. He goes off to his car to wait in the parking lot. Some of this stuff, I don't know why they're showing it. I feel like there was a different part of the movie that was supposed to happen or maybe got cut out. Well, you think they actually cut anything out of this? Well, yeah, that's true. There was just lots of loose storylines. So then, so then we cut to Roger, who is holding up condoms, looking in a mirror, and giving himself a little pep talk. Oh, yeah. Looking at himself holding the condoms next to his face in the mirror, like, yeah, buddy. Every yeah. given Sunday speech to himself, yeah, you can do this. It was pretty ridiculous. It's De Niro-esque. Someone's knocking, and he's like, hold on, I'm playing with my condoms and giving myself a pep talk. <laughs> Condon I need my time, all right? Give me some space. Constance enters the bathroom. I'm sorry, just started thinking about all through the house and the guy psyching up his dick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry. It was really similar to that, definitely. Uh, except we saw his face. So then Constance enters the bathroom. She turns off the lights, starts taking off her shirt, and making out with Roger. And as she's making out, she reaches over him and opens the window all the way. I said she came in like a sex hurricane. Yeah. So she opens the window. It, it has to be noted where 
in Canada, it's freezing. There's snow everywhere. It's very cold. Mm -hmm. So this is an alien thing. So, you know, Roger's like, oh, well, I don't know. So they get a close-up shot of her tonguing the shit out of Roger's ear. It was uncomfortable. All I could think of was how many times do they have to shoot that and that poor girl? Yeah, because earwax is gross. Gross. So then she like shoves him. Okay, so the women in this shove the men around during the sexy times. Yep. Which, whatever. That's cool. Do your thing. wrong with that. It was just funny because they all were just shoving the guys around and the guys were just like, oh, oh. So Roger gets shoved against the bathroom door and he's going, no, please stop. In the sarcastic voice. Why? I don't understand that. It was very weird. I don't know. I think, as we'll find out, he, you know, wants to wait for the right moment. Yeah, but and he wasn't being serious. It was dumb and made no sense. So now we get what looks like another <laughs> aggressive blowjob <laughs> from Ian's movies <laughs> to the point where he's holding like a shelf and his hand is tremoring so hard it's shaking the wall. Yeah, it, it was very strange. So then we cut to Luke is trying to start his car and he sees Lily and Bobby's shadow and she's dragging him off into the woods. And then we see Lily shove Bobby down into the snow and starts sexing on him is what I wrote. Because I don't know what was happening there. It was very strange. Yeah. I got nothing from that scene. That's exactly. Uh, yeah. We cut back to Roger in the middle of like what looks like, like he's against the wall. She's sl descends down on him. It looks like she's going to start blowing him and he's fighting it. She comes up first and like, he's like, well, hold on, slow down a little. And she goes, climbing aboard flight 69 southbound for the region of, she goes back down and then he pulls her up and he goes, okay, gear down, big rig. Okay. <laughs> this is where I again wrote, I'm pretty sure a 12 year old wrote this because Nobody, nobody says that. Okay. Can we make gear down big rig a thing? And also flight 69. The only people who think 69 is a funny joke are kids in middle school. And Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Love you, Rob. Ian does love you. Huge Pats fan. This year, <laughs> go Bucks. But also, like, she's not going down to 69 I'm like. Yeah. That, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Not. Not it was good. weird. So then someone's knocking on the door, like, oh, you guys need to let me in. So he's very painfully and slowly admitting that he's a virgin and that he wants his first time to be special. And I wrote, ah. And then Candace gets pissed and storms out and says, I just want to fuck you. I don't want to marry you. Yeah. So, okay, cool. Yeah. I appreciated Roger actually, like, taking the time as a male college student in a movie like this to be like, well, hold on, let's do it right. Right. And then like o over the course of the next two or three days, we're going to do it tonight. It's going to be very special. Uh, Roger is not good at fulfilling his uh, guarantees. Yeah. So then we cut back. Uh, Alex and Luke are outside in the parking lot trying to get his old ass car to start in the dark. They're like having a conversation about mm -hmm. why Lily seemed like she was so into him. And Alex says some pretty insightful things about some women craving validation. Um, or maybe she just genuinely likes him. Yeah. I said it was actually a pretty good advice that she gave him. Right. Yeah. Regarding, hey, sometimes, you know, not all flirting 
means they want to fuck you. Men out there, let me repeat that. Not all flirting means a woman wants to have sex with you. You have to have more of a conversation. <laughs> uh, I think it could apply to not only men, but everyone. And women. Yeah, everyone out there. But I, I think person. the track record states that men, we should hear that. Yes, you should. So then Alex does this thing. She suddenly looks into the woods. And we flash to Lily tentacling Bobby, the hockey guy. It kind of reminded me of like surprised hamster. Like, ch- jerking her head to the yeah. side. Being like, <gasps> it was very strange. Alex makes a confused face. I don't know. Her face doesn't really do a whole lot. No. Um, except be pretty. And says, oh, I thought I heard. Su-. And then just stops. Yeah. It, the acting is hard to watch in this movie sometimes. It's not quite the lead character on Bloody Bill, but it's, it's right up there. Right up there. Yeah, it's not good in a lot of parts. So then we get a cut to the next day. Yeah, so the car won't start. They give up. We cut to Luke waking up the next morning. And he sees Roger, who is back to him, looking like he's playing with his dangle. Looks like he's getting a quick jerk in. But he's just opening a beer. It's okay. fine. So my issue with the scene is Roger's supposedly a drunk and he's having that much challenge opening this bottle of beer. I mean, hey, you never know. Uh. So then Luke is telling Roger to go easy on partying. And then Roger holds up some pills for his wiener. Is no, that- it's for his oh, heart, heart because he goes, heart? your heart could give out. And at that point, before the next line, I was like, what the fuck? Are you his mom? Like, you're 18, but then we find out these are probably heart pills. He's like, this will keep it pumping. So I was actually like, oh, no, Luke's being a responsible I friend. I don't think that's what that was. I oh, think really? it was Viagra. Oh, I thought he had a heart condition. No. Because then it made it make sense why Luke was concerned for him, being like, dude, ease it up. You take heart meds. You've got heart condition. And I was like, okay, he's actually a good friend in that situation looking out for him. Listen, if it's Viagra, dumbass. But listen, if that was what that scene was, it would make sense because it was never mentioned again and this movie does that. No, but then again, taking Viagra is never mentioned again either. So yeah. none of the scene matters. The pills never come back unless it's why he gets so wasted at the next party that we see. So Roger says the line, and this is why I think it's heart meds. He holds the, metal, the meds up and goes, don't worry, these will keep it pumping and I'll do the humping. So I, that's why I thought it was heart meds. Oh, I don't. But I can see now the Viagra reference, and let's be real, 2004, it's probably a Viagra reference. Or it was, um, it was like uppers or something. So Luke asks him if he was uh, still a virgin, and Roger creepily says, I'm still in the kitty club. Yeah, that was very bizarre. Ten-year-old writer. Yeah. So I just commented here. Their dorm room is huge. It's got a goddamn fireplace in it. Right. And this like raised area with a little wainscoting. Like, and it looks very lived in for them to be freshmen. So random aside, this film, the dorm room scenes were all shot in the University of Ottawa's theater building. So that's why the rooms look like they do. I don't know why they chose them that way. Because, yeah. I mean, it looked cool. It reminded me of Van Wilder's room, which he had been living in for like 10 years in college. And right. It was crazy. Like they had lived there for years. Yeah. So then we get a knock on the door and an oh, older- yeah, this, this This, okay. This is 
one of the most annoying parts of this movie to me because we did not get any setup for this at all, no. right? Okay, I thought maybe I no. missed something, but I was not about to go back and rewatch the whole beginning. An older woman, and by older, I mean maybe 30. I would say 30 to 40. No. Do you know who that She's was? She's our age. I do know who that was. She's probably she was our from, age. She was from Baywatch. And at the time, she was very tan, which made her look a little older, I think. But she was oh, okay. probably in her 30s. Her name is Amanda. She's at the door. She's like, he's like, Amanda. And she goes, look, the detective Kirk wants to see you. You have to come with me. And then Roger's like, oh, damn, is that her? And so we're yeah. like, oh, did they bang? That's what they're know. implying. And then they never explain it. No. All right, so then we cut to Bobby's body is frozen outside. <laughs> it's him laying on the ground with his hands in the air. Shirt unbuttoned. Shirt unbuttoned. There's detectives around him. He's laying in a snowbank. Someone says there's no indication of a struggle or cause of death. And then we scan down to his boner in his pants. And the detective says, anybody up for some ring toss? Again, 12-year-old humor. Yeah. It was just very silly. Luke shows up and the detective, you know, takes him aside and he keeps calling him puppy. Yeah. So it's like they have some sort of history. Yeah. And they don't ever explain that. I thought something was going to come up like, oh, Luke got in trouble for something and he was on probation or whatever. I don't know. Nothing. This detective is an asshole. Yeah. This guy's like, come here, puppy, puppy, puppy. uh," And just talking to him. Whistling. It was very bizarre. It was very bizarre. Uh, He's asking Luke about the fight he had with Bobby, the three punches that they threw at each other, and about punching. You hit a lot of girls, do you? Like, you know, just absolute asshole cop. Well, no. I mean, listen. I mean, these are questions that you ask a person, but he just was very weird. And there was obviously some sort of background there. Mm -hmm. Nobody says what it is. There's no explanation for it. There's no explanation for why the female cop, Amanda, banged this obvious young boy at some point. He's a freshman in college now, so he had to be underage when she banged him. Right, right? <laughs> like, a lot of missing details in this film. I don't know. So then we are at the police department, and the detective, Detective Kirk, the guy, he gives a rundown of ev- of events of the night where they got into the fight and whatever with complete with a little mini montage mm-hmm. sorry ian montage okay on. i got nothing on that what i do want to say is i understand the detective's beginning train of thought here luke got in a fight with the guy who's dead a lot of people saw him storm out in jealous anger of this party he was seen and identified in the parking lot next to where this guy was killed In most cases, I'd be like, you're probably a prime suspect. Not when the body is frozen like a block of ice that there's no way a college freshman has any fucking way of doing. Well, so we have to go to the medical examiner now. So cut to the (laughs) medical examiner doing the autopsy. He's cutting into the chest cavity and Detective Kirk walks in 
And the medical examiner says there's no sign of any like foul play on the body. Mm -hmm. And the detective says the expression on his face says he was feeling something. And they cut to Bobby's face, which has this like scared, like screaming kind of look complete with like this little Scooby-Doo type sound effect. It was like. And so I wrote, is this movie? A comedy or is it a serious movie? Because now it's starting to move into the comedic territory. Oh, it moves hard in the comedic territory. But it doesn't really give you any sign except for random weird stuff like this. And then all of a sudden, like I said earlier, it turns into a full-on campy movie. Not yet, but toward the end. And then it kind of turns serious again. Yeah, it's got a weird cadence to it. Very strange. So this is the the Scooby Doo noise was just the beginning. I got so confused at this moment. So the medical examiner says Bobby froze from the inside out, mm-hmm. and he says there's evidence that a beer bong was shoved down his throat, and he draws on this diagram a tube going down a person's throat, like from the side, and he says, "Ah, oh, I've seen this kind of thing before, but never like this." Thank you for noticing that too. So not before. Right, so you've never seen this before. But so you? also, bodies frozen solid, you know, you know, with a boner and a like. What kind of thing no, would you see? Like the beer bong down the throat thing. The medical examiner has seen that before. Yeah, that's what he says. How many people in Canada are dying from beer bong tubes? I mean, I feel like you would be surprised. There's not a whole lot to do up there in the winter time. Sorry, Canadian people. I don't know anything about Canada. Dear Canadian people, um, part of my heritage is from Canada. Um, If you could provide me some information on beer bong related deaths, I would be fascinated. Do I like this podcast at (laughs) gmail.com? Okay. So Luke is having this little daydream thing that he snaps out of, um, of the tentacles coming at his face. And it's like a jump scare moment. It's kind of like the one he had on the dance floor. Right. So the detective comes in and tells him he can go. He keeps calling him a puppy and whistling at him. It's very weird. And then he says that he thinks Luke did it. And when he pins it on him, it'll be his ticket. Uh, It was just weird. Useless line. Yeah. The detective is just unlikable. The end. Whatever. So as Luke is exiting the police department, he sees Lily, the sorority woman, Vicky Vickers, and another blonde... Vicky Vickers, real estate agent and mogul. That's pretty much what I thought of. She reminded me like she belonged on bajillion dollar properties. She did remind me of that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Also, go watch bajillion dollar properties. It's glorious. Yeah, absolutely. It's hysterical. I love this. So they're walking out and they say something like, we have to be more careful. And nothing is mentioned again about that. And you see, Luke has ducked behind a plant in the lobby to avoid them instead of just walking out of the building. (laughs) Right. So then he gets in a taxi to go to the hospital, and I'm wondering why. Okay. So earlier, the detective has Luke Mm -hmm. at the police station, and then we see the detective with the medical examiner doing the autopsy. So I assume that maybe it's in the same or adjoining building, right? No, because Luke takes the taxi to the hospital and sneaks in to the morgue where the bodies are, where the medical examiner was. 
So I, whatever, I don't know. I like to imagine this cop is such a dick that he's like, you wait here. I'm going somewhere else to go look at this body. I'll come back for you. I feel like that's probably standard practice. Like, I'm going to let you sit here and sweat it out. Fine. But it, just, I don't know. The movie, there's so many things that are unnecessary. They didn't have to have Luke at the precinct to, to do that. They didn't need Luke to come find the body. Right. I mean, they had to do. I guess they kind of did. Gags here. The gags. So he somehow gets into the morgue to see the body. Which has been left out. Right. Well, he opens a body bag. It's not Bobby Johnson. And then we see the medical examiner is coming. So Luke's trying to find a place to hide. To hide. He knocks into Bobby's outstretched he frozen arm. He hurdles over. Instead oh, of walking happened? around the table, he hurdles over this body, snaps off a frozen arm, and hides arm under shatters. the table. It shatters everywhere. Right. And then he hides under a table. Luke, you idiot. He's watching the medical examiner. just kind of walking around, and then the medical examiner leaves. Oh, no. The medical examiner came in to grab his sandwich off the morgue table. Yeah. Dumb. I thought that was ancillary. Oh, sorry. I don't care. That was just my thought. Medical examiner leaves. Bobby stands up. He sees the diagram. Luke stands that, up. Bobby's dead. Uh, Luke stands up. He sees the diagram that the medical examiner had drawn earlier of the beer pong tube down the throat. And he has a revelation of some kind. It's a shitty drawing. It looks, But it's a tube going down a throat. Any, which apparently happens a lot in Canada, according to the medical examiner. Yeah. So how... This terrible drawing clues Luke in. I have no idea. So now he goes over to Bobby's body bag. Say that three times fast. He goes over to Bobby's body bag, and there's a little jump scare of Bobby turning to Luke and saying, hey, dickhead, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And then Luke leaves, and that's it. Uh, Dumb. Dumb. So then we cut to meet... Meet... (laughs) We cut to Luke meeting at the bar with his four pals from, or his, with his three pals from earlier. Alex, Roger, and the DJ. Mm-hmm. I can't call him Gibby because there's a true crime podcast that I really like, and one of the co-hosts is named Gibby, and I feel like it just does him a disservice to do so. Fair. True crime all the time. <laughs> <laughs> So Luke is telling them about how he broke Bobby's arm and it shattered and he was frozen and the tentacle diagram. He says it's a diagram of the tentacle going down his throat. Well, I mean, maybe there's more tentacle deaths than beer bong deaths. Who knows? They're all making fun of him, rightly so. And did Luke say she screwed him to death? Yeah, he did. I think he did. Oh my God, she screwed him to death. I like how... DJ then goes, who made you CSI New Brunswick? How'd you like that season? I know you watch most of them. Don't make fun of me. CSI is a beloved television show. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Before we go any further, Mm -hmm. can we talk about Alex's shirt, please? The sweater that wasn't a sweater. I didn't really pay too much attention to her shirt. I think it's not something I noticed the details of. So it was purple. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fine. But it was cut off sleeves. Like the sleeves were totally cut off. And then she had the arms to the sleeves on her arms. 
starting right above the elbow. So her entire upper arm was totally exposed to the elements. And it looked really dumb. So I'm putting myself back in town in 2004 and I'm saying, yeah, that checks out. Yeah, no, I I think I remember seeing shirts like that. I had shirts that had... I believe every other episode of TRL was... Weird pieces missing. Filled with people wearing those shirts. It was very ugly. <laughs> okay. And listen, how many girls in the show had the clips with the spiky hair sticking out of it? Oh, God. Oh, show. Sorry. Movie. <laughs> it does... Cinematic experience. <laughs> so the way you say show, though, it felt like mm-hmm. an episode... Because the entire time I was watching this, I really felt like it was an episode of one of those TV shows mm-hmm. from the 2000s. It had that feel. From the way it was shot. Yes. The clothing, the hair, the horrible music over everything. It's like John Mayer wannabes. Sarah McLaughlin wannabes. Oh, There's it was one. So yeah. weird. I have notes Howie about Day the song. wannabes. Yes. Oh, I couldn't remember his name because I was trying yeah. to think of him specifically. The acoustic one song that comes in at one point. Yes. Yep. There's some weird shit going on in this movie. So I didn't like all of those TV shows. They were not my thing. But I obviously I grew up in that era. I did watch episodes of them. So I know how they were. And also shout out to my BFF Martin, who used to make me watch certain episodes of shows. You know, it had a little of that Buffy era vibe. A lot, except Buffy was really good. Buffy was really good. And I actually didn't really watch Buffy that much. I've only seen a couple episodes. I was a huge fan. Well, not Martin, huge. Shout out to SMG. His Sarah Sarah. Oh, SMG was my favorite. Dude, she's so hot. And she's very cool. Yeah. I like her as a person, even though I don't know her at all. So then the DJ says he's off to meet his sorority girlfriend, Natasha. And says, I didn't even make notes on that. I was just like, he's gone. He's going to bang his girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, so then Roger starts saying that he thinks Luke is trying to mess with his banging. Right before that. Hold on. He has a line that I think we should put in. He's talking about like, tonight's going to be the night part two. And he goes, I got some candles. I got some incense. I even got some Lauren Hill. Oh, 2000s, man. All the feels. Listen, early 2000s. Then Alex makes the point, um, you know, someone just died. Maybe she's not up for it. Correction. Maybe she's not up for some nookie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, the early 2000s hitting us. Yeah. Roger says Constance is saying that now more than ever, due to how delicate life is, they should be making love. So then... Luke tells Roger, take the room. The coolest thing a 2000s college kid could do for some his bro. Yeah. Give him the room. Take the room. Have your humpy times. And then he says to Alex, oh, man, I guess I need a place to crash. And then at that moment, the DJ pops up outside the window that they're sitting next to going, ah. Kind of mocking the whole like it's dangerous thing. Yeah. That and Luke's then Alex is like, there. oh, God, he's the worst. And I wrote, yes. Yes. <laughs> so she asks Luke to go to the Ice Queen event with her, like on a like you want to go together. This is supposed to be a big reveal, right? The Ice Queen, like they're making it set up like thing. It just happens, just happening that night. 
no setup. Like it's not like it's tomorrow, the big day. Like nothing. It's just oh, it's just going it was on. Kind of clear that it was like happening very soon. Oh, I felt like it came out of nowhere. Well, the whole movie revolves around the Ice Queen pageant. Yeah, but like they set it up like it's coming. They did the nomination like the day before, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's here with no like big like today's the Ice Queen. It was, I don't know. No, that's. I mean, it's fine that you were bothered by that. I wasn't. <laughs> just. I just felt like she's just like, oh, I guess we're doing this tonight. I'm just rolling with it. Yeah. At this point, I'm just kind of rolling with this weird story that's going on. So he says, oh, you're not going with anybody? She's like, well, I like a boy, but the timing's not right. And he's like, oh, does he know you like him? And I'm like, oh, God, this was so written by a 15-year-old boy. Maybe a 12-year-old. And it doesn't even have to be a boy. Like a little 12-year-old person. Derp, derp, derp. Yeah. That was the most Gilmore Girls moment yet. It was incredibly cringy. Yeah. yeah it was very Dawson's Creaky. I hated it. So then we cut to, we cut to the outside of the sorority house is like a fucking mansion. It's, it's a gigantic building on a college campus. Let's call it that. It could be a state capital in a right. small state. Enormous. There are massive ice sculptures everywhere Mm -hmm. and i just wrote where the fuck is this college how do they have so much money how do they have no rules what is going on here Mm -hmm. it's university of fuckington like so it's supposed to be saint john's college they mentioned later on apparently it's just no rules yeah i don't know yeah so we're having another party full of belly buttons Mm -hmm. And three sorority girls walk in, one Vicky Vickers, and I don't know who the other ones are. And they walk in with that sort of like mean girls vibe. Yeah, a little bit of the mean yeah. girls going on. And they come up to the DJ's lady, Natasha, and they're like, We have a secret belt. Yeah, and the sorority. And they all just start screaming. Oh, they do that jump screaming sorority yeah. girl thing. The guys look appropriately overwhelmed and unenthused. They're like, oh, yeah. this is terrible. So then Lily walks in in a very weird outfit. It's like silvery blue. It was just strange. It didn't look good on her. It was very weird. She was supposed to look like, because she was supposed to look gorgeous because uh, are you DJ, say I have the whole thing. <laughs> the most 2000 <sighs> teenage let me just remind you dj has is he's in his typical 2000s dj outfit which is big giant headphones around his neck fluffy uh bucket hat oversized button down that's wide open ian's gonna read to you the ridiculous 12 year old dialogue that he that comes out of his mouth so lily just walked in in that dress and he goes she's like a dime and a half I'm like a deer in boob lights right now. I'm just saying she got that badunka dunk. So first of all, her boobs aren't even out in that dress at all. More conservative than anything, yeah. Second of all, the badunka dunk refers to your tushy area. He can't see her tushy from the angle she's standing at. He hasn't seen it. She's walking straight toward him. Accurate. And she really doesn't have a big no. tushy. She is no. like a normal little kind of slender normal body yeah yeah so all of that was just real dumb and annoying 
So the girls and the DJ all say hi to her. And Alex says it's hardcore for Lily to be out the day after Bobby died in a red dress. But she's yeah. She's not wearing a red dress. It's like blue and bluish silver. Yeah, I, I was she implying it was like some sort of sexy outfit or something? I don't know. I didn't get that. I thought maybe they just fucked something up. Yeah, that's like maybe fair. she was originally supposed to be in a red dress and they filmed that part first and I don't know. Who knows? It made no sense. It was very weird. What did you have something else? No, no, to no. Say? I was trying to figure out how the next transition happened. Because my excellent note says Luke, Luke hatching a plan. Yeah, I don't know how the next part happened either. So suddenly we're outside of the building with with Luke and Alex. And he hands her a camera from bustyourbabysitter.com and tells her she needs to go put it in the shower of the sorority house. And she kind of pushes back a little bit. You think? Yeah. Not enough. No, he's he's being like very aggressive and kind of manic. And he's asking a ridiculous request. Right. So we see someone's watching them from afar, but nothing comes of that. Oh, no, it does. It's it's Vicky Vickerson. She's got a suspicious feeling about him. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying like. Oh, nothing, nothing really nothing comes of it. Nothing immediately yeah. comes of it. So then he leaves Alex at the sorority house. And then I wrote, but wait, Lily and Constance don't live there. No. They live across the hall from the boys. Right. So for the rest of the movie, I think it's set up that they live in the sorority house. I got nothing. It really is a huge gaping. Well, like I said, it movie. almost feels like they had started shooting the movie in one way and then halfway through changed the story mm -hmm. because some of the characters kind of change who they are as a character um, it's, weird stuff happens. Anyways, Alex agrees to do it. Right. And then we get a way too long situation with her getting into the house. Who is the random middle-aged drunk woman hall monitor? Yeah. So I said some lady in a house dress rollers and a drinky poo pops out yelling, who's there? Ah, ah. Is it like the house mother? Like, right. Uh, I, don't I didn't know. know you had those in college. It was very strange. She was like the Leahy of the, uh, the sorority house. <laughs> yes. R.I.P. I a reference. R.I.P. Jim Leahy. <laughs> God bless. So then we cut to the DJ being led to the cemetery by his lady friend, Natasha, with his own hand over his own eyes. Very trusting. Yeah. He didn't peek because he is surprised when she says right. open them. Uh, he goes, damn, girl, you sick. <laughs> And and then he's like, I like it. And they start making out. They start to go head, into a mausoleum. Into a mausoleum, yeah. To which he says, girl, I like what you've done with the place. Then really shitty R&B music starts playing. Not good R&B music. Shitty R&B music. Yeah. R&B music. Because I can't. Nothing. Like... So they go inside. They start getting nasty on the slab in the middle. He still has his headphones on. Oh, those things are attached surgically, I believe. They don't come off for anything, apparently. Oh. Then we cut to Luke setting up a camera in his dorm room to spy on Constance and Roger. Not cool, man. You gave him the room. There's a trust factor there. 
he's violating that you're not gonna webcam watch me bang (laughs) right he's violating the bro code or whatever that is whatever code that is the gross code also he hides it by half covering it with boxers completely exposing the other half exactly like a camera it looks exactly like how a 10 year old would come up with an idea to hide a camera all right so then we go back to the dj and his lady in the mausoleum He's saying the creepiest shit to her. He's recording a voicemail answering machine message. Like an outgoing message. While inside her. Uh, Yeah. To which, I'm not even, you know what, I'm not even going to give the line. It's dumb. Well, and then he also was like. I'm all up in some biznatch is how it ends. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And he's like, girl, if you do this right, I'm going to buy you a house with a bathroom. Big ass bathroom. (laughs) Um, Why is she taking big ass dumps? I don't even know what to say to any of this. I was, I kind of was a little confused. It was weird. So you know what this kind of reminded me of? Oh God. So so this is where the movie started to take more of a comedic route, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Well, certain plot lines started to take more of a comedic route. And this scene reminded me of Can't Hardly Wait a little bit. Okay. Seth Green character. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I actually think that's a pretty good reference. It was ridiculous. So obviously we get... Right, so then she tentacle assaults him. And I wrote, to be fair, I would have done the same. Yeah. Because he's the worst. And it looks like, because we actually see it for the first time the most, like there are like eggs or something trying to be implanted in him. Right. It shows you from the inside of his mouth, the tentacle entering to go down into his throat. And then it shows you the whole freezing process, which was fun-ish. Did the little, so it like freezing him, the, like the last thing that freezes is his eyes. And right before his eyes fully freeze, he cries one tear and it freezes. A little frozen tear. I, I actually was too. like, oh. I know, I was like, no, don't make him cry. That was. Make me feel a feeling about feelings him. For a second. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. Now we go back to the party. Constance and Lily change angry glances. They're like mad at each other kind of look. Yeah, Constance is upset that Lily was nominated and she wasn't. And they're just kind of giving those like, meh, meh. Well, and then the other thing was like, it almost seemed like she was annoyed at Lily for having like a boyfriend or something. I don't know. Oh, but he's dead. Lily didn't really have a boyfriend. Well, no, but the thing with Luke... I don't, it was just weird because then Constance grabs Roger and starts making out with him in a way that's like, look, I'm making out with him at you. Kind he's of so tanked. Well, he's pretending to be. All right, babe. Obviously, he's <laughs> pretending to be. They're actors. He is, his character is supposed to be shithoused at this point. Right. So then Candace decides to do the creepiest ice lose shot ever. The director shoots from the top of the luge down of her licking, aggressively licking, all the way up the entire luge to Melody, the flamethrower girl, who I thought was Alex, at the top, and then grabbing her and making out with her. You know what was always the grossest thing, even before COVID? A fucking ice luge. Oh, God. So nasty. I I'm never a germaphobe. Never, no. I looked at that in my college days and was like, gross. Gross. I've seen those at things and I've been like, 
not putting my mouth on that. Let alone ever. seeing one at a fraternity or sorority where you're like, God knows what, you know. Anywhere. Gross. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that this whole scene, they're like, all right, we got this ice luge idea. Build half the movie around it. I want a girl sexy licking an ice luge. Make it happen. I truly felt bad for Constance's actress because she had the worst shit she had to do in this movie. Oh, yeah. It was very weird. And she was game. She was all in. So credit to her for going all in on it, but I felt bad for her. So she's making out with this lady, girl, whatever. Whole party stops. Uh, Yeah. Everybody stops. They're all staring. The music stops. The DJ's watching. Lily looks very upset. She's not pleased. And Roger is so excited. He's like, that's what I'm talking about. And I was like, really, dude? Roger says the, the sentence, like showing he's drunk. He's like, I'm a marshmallow. I'm a cookie. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. I, th- I think that was probably an ad lib. The actor was probably just being silly. Because to be honest, he's the best actor in the whole movie. I told you, he's my favorite. Well, that doesn't mean he's the best actor. <laughs> I'm not saying he's good. I'm just like, when I say he's my favorite, I mean in the context of the film, not in the grand scheme of things. Ian, I understand that. What I was saying is that doesn't mean that he's a good actor. It just, like, to me, that doesn't imply that you think he's a bad actor or a good actor. Yeah, no, I'm... He's just your favorite character. He's just my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That wasn't boobs. So, yeah, that makes sense. They're really good at acting, too. There was only one pair of boobs in this movie, though. Maybe two. I don't know. They were... Two pairs in that same scene, and then never again. Right. So, okay. I said to you before we even watched it, Mm -hmm. I was looking at the title DVD screen, and I was thinking, what is it about this movie that's appealing? Nothing seems appealing from the blurb I read on IMDb. The cover art looks stupid. It looked like Dreamcatcher, the Stephen King cover. It really did. And I was thinking... This is probably terrible. And I said to you, what is, there's just a ton of boobs in this or something. And you're like, yeah, there's a whole bunch. And I'm watching. I'm like, no, there's not. There's some cleavage and there's ladies in bras. I think my brain, it's been 15 years since I've seen it. So I, or like probably seven years since we watched together. I generally didn't remember. I, I thought there were more. Well, listen, you were like, there was one. That's enough for me. <laughs> I'm not greedy. Be thankful. Yeah. So I don't even know what to call what happens next other than hot garbage. So this party apparently was the preface to the pageant. So everyone is fucking wasting out of their brains and then they're going to have the ice queen pageant. So it's pretty much just a montage of girls doing all kinds of weird shit. Uh, I wrote down a few mime accordion flame throwing the aliens get upset you can see oh yeah flames get close to them that's where luke starts to form a thought sultry singing karate board was my winner yeah baton twirling girl with braces uh who had the angora sweater i didn't even write them i only wrote the karate one down i didn't i didn't write that one down i just remembered it because it was it was bad it was dumb it was hot hot garbage then we get to bikini modeling and all of this is done to circus music. Okay. The bikini modeling starts turning into like Hollywood squares. 
Right. But it was circus music yeah. over top. It was made no sense. I had a very difficult time understanding any of this. So then a new DJ pops out and he announces the winner of the Ice Queen pageant is Lily. Surprise! Yippity doo. She starts to fake cry and dedicates the night to Bobby, Bobby Johnson, who she tentacle murdered. R.I.P. Bobby Johnson. She asks for a moment of silence. Taking too soon. Yeah. So I just want to interject. Every time they talked about the Ice Queen pageant, which they only talked about a couple times, but you see like little banners and stuff. Yeah. I thought of the Ice King. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants his Ice Queen. Right. That's all he wants. It just made me think of that, how he never had an Ice Queen. You would have kidnapped and... every single one of these contestants. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and then, oh, this is just for us. And then I was thinking about the episode where he's the Nice King. <laughs> And all the curls like him. Roger's the, his, Roger's the nice king. He shaved his beard off. Aww. And then it made me think of Gunter. Our daughter's favorite little Ice King statue toy. Gunter. With the little Gunters Gunter. on it. Oh my god, so cute. So good. So then Constance says to Roger, who is falling down drunk, you're no good to me like this. I'll see you tomorrow night. And leaves. Part of me wonders if Roger's still a virgin just because every time he plans to have sex, he fails at it. Yeah, he just is like laying on the floor wasted. No self-control, that's his problem. Then Lily is dancing at Luke. Oh, that's a good way to describe it. (laughs) She's like dancing in his general direction. Luke is with Alex and and she sees him look at her and she's like, dude, really? Uh, No, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Alex is the best head on her shoulders of anyone in this movie right she's like come on really she's a fucking monster what are you doing and he goes well roger's out of commission so i'm going in and uh-huh. i wrote here ha 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 because i just was laughing so his delivery of the dialogue is so bad he's like i'm going in like roger's out of commission i'm going in so not weird that She's that horny the mo- right after Bobby died. Like, aren't you a little concerned that this girl who's... Well, no, she was making out with him before Bobby died, so... Dude, you you just... Your boyfriend just died the day before. You just dedicated this night to him. No one else thinks it's weird that she's now all up on this other dude? Well, then she immediately asks him to leave with her. And as they're walking out, Natasha walks by slow-mo mm-hmm. in slow motion and says, I lost him. And she also, we forgot to mention that when the DJ died, it mm-hmm. shows Natasha on top of him, like, oh, frustrated. Shot. Yeah. So we're getting the impression that maybe they're not actually trying to kill these guys. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll get, we'll get a little bit more of that. So very soon. We had the most CW dialogue right as they walk out of the party, they're talking about, she, uh, Lily says, oh, look, it's Orion, the constellation. And then yeah. she mentions how, like, she was here alone with her cousin who's never happy for her when she's happy and she feels all alone. And Luke turns to her and goes, no, you're not alone. And then all of a sudden, I wrote here, the terrible Gilmore Girls type music begins loudly playing. Oh, my God. It was... Howie Day ripoff. Oh my God. So loud, acoustic, terrible, terrible song. You know, like the swelling, like, I can't even, 
describe it. I just wanted to throw on like a polo and some baggy jeans and, you know, just go back in time. I just wanted to throw up. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There's slow dancing in the dorm room. I'm just going to say that. So then, so at that point they had been outside now at 57 minutes. Cause I just want to give people a timestamp here. We're an hour into this mm-hmm. and no end in sight. Luke and Lily are dancing in the dark dorm room to this terrible Howie Day ripoff music. And I wrote this shit needs to get moving. And Alex is watching them on the camera from her room on a laptop. Because remember, Luke had left a camera in there to spy on Roger. And then it shows him like taking her out of the frame of the camera. And they're just like making out aggressively. And I keep saying aggressively because... It is very aggressive. They look like they're trying to eat each other's faces. I feel like the direction in this movie was finish him for their yeah. makeouts. It it was pretty rough. <laughs> they have the most awkward making out ever. Like I said, they look like they're trying to eat each other's faces. There's lots of slurping noises. Not romantic in any way. No. They're making out and she opens a window and he looks scared for a second yeah and then he just doesn't care anymore yeah i thought for a second that was like he was kicking back into oh yeah my purpose was i'm trying to catch these aliens but then he's like oh boobs right exactly so then he moves her back to roger's bed so they're back on camera and she's just shoving him over and over so as they're moving back and they move him back into screen, like she gets towards the bed and he stops and looks directly in the camera at Alex and nods and is like, uh-huh, it's about to happen. <laughs> I think I must have missed that. <laughs> oh my God. It was awesome. You you need to go back just to watch that moment because it's oh, his acting Good. plus that direction. Mwah. So bad. So then they're getting ready to bang and then all of a sudden she senses the camera she just looks at it and the camera just goes wild and cuts out so she has magic powers of some sort yeah right so then her tentacles fly out and one of them knocks over the candles that are burning throughout the room which we forgot to mention Mm -hmm. for ambiance of course the candle burns her and then she turns into a slimy blackish gray monster Mm -hmm. and runs away Luke puts on his clothes and runs after her. He goes into the room where Alex is and they check the computer. <laughs> this is, oh my God, Ian, I can't even right now. Do you have anything that you want to add to all of that before? I, I think the only thing I would say is the um, the alien kind of reminded me of the alien from Species. Kind of the oh, design a little bit. It did, except yeah. it had clumpy tufts of disgusting hair sticking out of its head. That was a weird choice, wasn't it? I don't know why they did that. Yeah. They should very specific. Yeah, they should have made it look more sleek. But I guess maybe they were like, "Oh, they're blonde, so here's some blonde hair sticking out." Of yeah, head. I, I don't know. It was, it was and yet weird. there's like nothing. He the next day he's like looking for left behind stuff, and there's none. So I, I didn't get it. It was very weird. It was odd. So he's in Alex's room looking at the computer. He has a rewind back. It shows what she saw with the camera cutting out. And then he's like, check the shower cam. So they check it and he's like, look, there's a mark. And it's showing the little um, solar plexus tentacle hole and zooms in, zooms in on it. And then it zooms out and we see that he's showing the shower cam 
to the fucking detective who hates him. So I don't think he was. Oh, you think he brought it there to show him? Yes. I thought the sorority. Yes. It shows the sorority girl looking at it. I thought oh. he got caught. And the guy was showing to him being like, no. dude, you're creepy as fuck. No, because he was saying, because they're, he was saying, look, they're aliens. See, you can see it. Oh, that's even dumber than my original dumb reasoning. Oh, my God. I think you might be right. Either way, it's dumb. Why didn't he bring it to the girl cop who he boned when he was an underage child? I, I don't know. So, not that we're condoning that. because that's No, not I think that's an issue. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. So he looks like a fucking peeping tom creeper right now and the cop basically calls him that he has the appropriate reaction uh no the appropriate action is to arrest him on well, charges of some right. sort which they don't so the cop calls him demented he tells the lady cop amanda to get him out and i wrote why didn't they arrest him like made no sense there's proof right there like what are you doing he literally brought you the evidence to arrest him or somebody else did and i don't know i thought that he brought it i don't know and 10 year olds man yeah so he's outside with amanda the lady cop and he says something like you just left and didn't say goodbye and then never we never get any explanation for that okay. ever so in my brain when i saw that thing of their age i'm like what you didn't have a license so she dropped you off and you couldn't follow her <laughs> or like oh she was your babysitter and she left college or something like i don't know i'm i thought we were gonna get some backstory here we didn't it was dumb it just doesn't make sense it so was so dumb yep so then we see roger and constance at some point i started writing down candace so excuse me if i say the wrong name. <laughs> she's again like orally fixating uh ice cream cone listen so it's freezing outside she's in a crop top velour tracksuit, one of those little things where your belly's out. I had a couple. The J Lo, you know, music video look. Yeah, I'm. Because hmm. I'm real. <laughs> so she's seductively eating an ice cream cone. I guess you could say. Hold on, let me do this. Um, sure. It flashes to the night before where he because he's like apologizing for passing out on her and she's like i'm all right and it shows that she killed somebody she tend to kill yeah. someone and they're planning to bang later and then she just keeps like sensually licking the ice cream at him and he's like dude i'm freezing get that shit away from me yeah and she's just like <laughs> it's very weird didn't need this you, you all did not just see the face that i made sorry ian <laughs> No apologies necessary. It was an applicable face. No, the the ice cream looking face. I don't know. <laughs> too sexy. Too sexy. It's too sexy. It's too sexy. Luke and Alex are trying to get to the DJ on the phone, but he's dead, so they can't. But they don't know that. So then Luke has this random revelation that the aliens are harmed by fire, mm -hmm. and it shows him remembering at the pageant when the flamethrower was near them. And then he says some stupid line. He goes, welcome to my life. I'm a punchline at the alien round table. Which, uh, what? What does that mean? I don't get it. No, it makes no sense. I'm confused. I'm more confused, I should yeah. say, because I'm already I've confused. thought about it a couple times, and I get angry. Well, and here's the thing. I feel like if anyone would know, it would be you because you're the master of bad jokes and random things that no one really Yeah, understands. this is just words jumble. Yeah. 
Nothing. Word, word poopy. Yeah. Um, Listeners, if you can make sense of it or want to try a shot of your funniest idea what it means, do I like this podcast at gmail.com or our Instagram, actually. Yeah. Do I like this podcast? Do I like this? Sorry. The podcast. Do I like this podcast? Isn't that what it is? I don't know. You set it up. You're the one who manages it. <laughs> do I like this podcast? I'm going to say that. Or at the Ian James. That's true. I forgot you're on there. Mm-hmm. Don't come for me because I'm private. At the Ian James wife. Then we cut to Luke and Roger in their dorm. And they're arguing because Roger says Lily has third degree burns. Mm-hmm. Luke is like melting down. And he's saying, Lord. I'm all alone in this witch hunt. He's flipping over Roger's mattress looking for some sign of the alien. Roger has porn magazines under his mattress like he's 10. Roger has... A 10-year-old's idea of how many porn magazines you kept under your mattress. Right. And and also, like, dude, you're in college. You can just, like, leave them on the shelf. Yeah, no one cares. Right. So, again, written by a 12-year-old. And, oh, here, I wrote, this was absolutely written by an adolescent. <laughs> so, Roger tells Luke, go get laid. And then Luke storms out with a tea kettle. He takes a tea kettle. Yeah, he does. Uh, Okay. So then we see the sorority girls outside of their little house. They're like Stepford hugging is what I called it. Because yeah, it was it, weird. It was very strange. Like they're like stiff and they're like, hey. they look like they're up to no good. Vicky Vickers has his face on like, hey, up to no good. And then Luke sneaks into their house somehow. Dude, Luke has committed so many crimes. He is not well, not doing well. So now it's nighttime and Roger is with Constance. Yes. Because yep, I almost called her Candace again. She's licking him all over. So you know what? You were right. She licks a lot of things. She's using an ice cube yeah. to rub all over his stomach and his nipples. And girl drew the short straw in this film. Yeah. I feel bad for her. They're surrounded by candles. She spits her gum into his mouth, and I want to puke. Yeah, I was not a fan. Because she was, he was trying to talk, and she just tried to make out with him. And then when he went to talk, he was like, oh. I don't even call make out. out. She was trying to violate his face. Yeah, it was really gross. So then Roger's just, like, saying really nice things to her, and she yeah. can't be bothered. He's like, oh, I want it to be special, and you're special. I don't and She's know. like, give me that D. Put my eggs all up in you. Back to the him saying nice things and she can't be bothered. And she goes, Oh, what do you have little sisters or something? Well, that was weird. Why? Because he's polite to women and wants to be respectful of you. Okay. Like maybe that's not what she's used to, but don't be mean. Yeah. So then he's he's like, Oh, I want to be transparent with you. Luke thinks Lily's an alien and she just starts Constance just starts being super suspicious like oh uh, it's so bizarre yeah and then she's like I wasn't supposed to have feelings about you and didn't seem like she did yeah and then she starts saying so Luke is right. We are aliens. But it's okay because all those other guys were basically date rapists, which, I mean, they may have been from what we could see, which is whatever. 
So then she says they need a frozen planet and male DNA to procreate. And that they found the Ice Queen contest on the internet. And that's what on your wireless internet is the quote. Right. That is so 2004. Because I guess wireless internet wasn't really that much of a thing. Just getting there. Listen, this scene was a goddamn mess. Yeah. And I like both of the actors in it more than most of the people in the movie. They're all really bad. So they've been arriving at the college campus for six weeks. And Roger, like, doesn't care. He's like, oh, what about all those people who died? Oh, all right. Everyone's been frozen because the incubation temperature is wrong, is what con- Constance says. Yeah, they're pretty much saying, like, we're not trying to kill you. We're just, you know, the matching up of our species. We're not quite there. We haven't figured out the science of it. Right. We have to incubate our eggs at a certain temperature and your bodies aren't really working with it. She, and she says, I want to be the first breeder. But I can't do it with you because I care too much. Right. And Roger's like, I want to be the first alien dad. And I was like, dude wants to get laid so bad, he'll risk dying from alien eggs. Well, and then she's like, no, I don't want to kill you. And then I'm confused because I thought she was the mean one. So my thought in this moment was, she says, we're getting closer. Dude, just let her get a little closer. Figure it out before you start banging her. Yeah. Let her do it to some, you know, date rape dudes. I thought that she was going to be like the primeval, like from the beginning, just the way that it was going. She seemed to like she was going to be the baddie and yeah. now turned into a totally different character. And I'm confused. I wasn't expecting that character shift. So then hard cut to <laughs> Luke duct taping Lily to a rowing machine. Holy shit. That escalated quickly. It was so bizarre. So she's super sweaty alternatively not super sweaty so it's like death machine moment how did she get her i don't know in that well, scenario well, he snuck into the building when it was light out and now it's dark i don't i have no clue he's being so aggressive so like threatening and violent which is totally out of character for him too like this movie just took a hard turn well all the characters changed yeah. characters like, they changed who they are. It was bizarre. So he's got boiling water in his tea kettle, and he's threatening her with it. And then we cut away, and we're back to Roger and Kim. This movie jumps around kind of like the hazing did. Yeah. This is not a... We apologize for how much jumping there is. We didn't write or direct this. It took a lot of paper to write down all the stupid yeah. jumping. It annoys me because I feel like it's wasting trees. Recycle... So then we jump back to Roger and Constance. And he asks to see her tentacles. She says no. So then he turns off the light and is like, what about now? (laughs) Hey, baby. How about when it's slightly dimmer? Yeah. And then she's like, oh, okay. And takes off her shirt. Yeah. I can't can't let it happen to you. Okay. I can let it happen to you. Yeah. Oh, that's all it took. Some mood lighting. So we cut back to Luke with my line of the moment where he asks, he's interrogating Lily and he goes, what do you want? World domination, one dick at a time. Yeah. He's threatening her with a blowtorch and the one-liners are coming hard and fast now from Luke. Okay. 
Yeah, I didn't even write half of them down. He starts talking in the third person. Starts saying things like, I wrote this down. How do you like your alien cooked, Luke? Medium rare. God damn it. And as he's about to burn her with a blowtorch, the sorority lady, Vicky Vickers, smashes in. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And starts yelling at him and calling him names like Meltdown Man and Peeping Tom. Which is, this is the point where I was like, oh, is he having a psychotic break? And this whole movie is him having, it is his psychosis? Like, that would have been way better and would have at least explained the mess that has been this movie so far. They tell Luke that Constance is with Roger, so he runs away. And the sorority lady cuts Lily free. So... Yeah. (laughs) Listen, we're just going to keep jump jumping now. Actually, no, there's not much of a jump. So we're moving a little quickly now because there's not a whole lot going on except just all of this ridiculous shit. And we need to get to the hysterical ending because that is where. All right. Get me there. Give me the cliff note. So Roger constant sex times happening. So then we cut. Back to Constance and Roger. She's going to bang him with her apparently freezing vagina. And her tentacles come out. And he says, come to Papa. Which, horrifying. Yeah, not really great sex talk. So Constance and Roger. No, he says it to the tentacle as it's coming. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Great sex talk. Yeah. So Constance and Roger have finished their times. Roger has been impregnated. And he's coughing. Constance is upset. He's doing better than the past guys who died like instantly, but he's not doing well. Luke runs in brandishing a blowtorch. Alex comes in to like ask a random question and Luke starts screaming, telling her to call 911 because Roger has fallen down on the floor and is like choking. A correction. He's coughing up ice spiders. Right. Baby aliens crawling out of his mouth. And then exploding into dust. Yeah. So then Luke throws some hot water onto Constance and she turns into an alien Mm -hmm. and runs away. Uh, Escapes out their dorm room fireplace. Right. Yeah. Right. uh, I don't know. So then we see Roger being pushed on a gurney into the ambulance and Alex is following and Luke gets into the ambulance with him. They're like, no, only his family. And he goes, I am his family. Right. So, I feel like they're trying to set up that Luke and Roger don't have families from the way that all of this has gone. (laughs) I got nothing. I don't know. Roger's saying he'll be okay and he'll be pumping and humping. So like he's clearly fading and he and Luke are having a moment. Roger goes pumping and humping, huh, man? And Luke goes, I love you, Raj. Raj goes, I believe you, man. And then the Sarah McLaughlin ripoff music starts. Uh, oh my God. That's literally what I wrote. Um, Roger dies over Sarah McLaughlin wannabe music. <laughs> Giant letters. What is this movie? Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. To which then they cut harsh to Luke just walking out of a hospital alone. No, he's sadly slumping out of the sadly hospital. Slumping out of a hospital. He's just sadly slumping. Like, and Amanda shows up. I wrote, "Lady Cop comes out. She was in Baywatch." 
<laughs> like I just realized right now. <laughs> and she goes to a man. Uh, all, right, all right. This is again, CW moment. She goes, do you want to be alone? And looks at her and goes, I am alone. Right. <laughs> and he says, he says, he's gone in the weirdest. Oh. How many takes do you think they tried? And they were just like, that's the best we're going to get from him. Then he gets in Amanda's car and he's leaving the DJ a voicemail and Amanda turns to him and she's like, um, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, sorry about it. Yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> so then he freaks out and she says she wants to help him. Worst cop ever. R- really? I Worst cop ever. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Some teenage dude that you were banging starts telling you it's alien sororities. Now, listen, he's right. But from a outside perspective, he's telling you about all these sorority aliens freezing and killing everybody. And your instant reaction is, oh, man, I want to help you. You're fired. I don't even know. I don't even know. And also, I feel like around this time, she was like enough of a celebrity to have said no to this not a good point of reference for me i didn't know i didn't watch baywatch i've never seen baywatch what the fuck is wrong with you i don't know weren't you a kid in the 90s with a television yeah i had like nickelodeon abc and carmen electra wait was it carmen electra no yasmin belief yeah, I never watched Baywatch. What? Dude, I'm stunned right now. Genuinely only know Hasselhoff from like internet memes. SpongeBob? <laughs> yeah. But you don't even understand his cameo in the SpongeBob movie if you haven't seen Baywatch. I only know he was a lifeguard. Therefore, that's um, the best reference. Okay. He wasn't a lifeguard. He was the lifeguard. God damn it. I've opened a hand of worms. <laughs> We're just going to have to have this conversation. Jump out of this speeding car and roll away now. (laughs) (laughs) I made a terrible mistake. Oh, God. Baywatch Nights? Why would you think I would know a spinoff if I haven't seen the main show? It was on in the evenings. Maybe you were watching something else at the time. Sports. (laughs) A lot of sports and wrestling. I got most of my boobs from the women in wrestling. They didn't really. Oh no! Uh, Attitude Era, WWE, ECW. Yeah, I, I was thinking of when I was a kid. Oh no! <laughs> Trish Stratus, Stacy yeah. Keebler, all, right. all of them. Yeah. Let's move on. So then we cut to Luke raiding Melody's welding shop, and he grabs a Ghostbuster style flamethrower jetpack. Welding shop slash dorm room. I don't know. Again, what? Yeah. Listen, they set it up at the beginning for this moment. It just had to happen. So then we cut to the sorority house. They're in like a ballroom size dining room. Oh, this is going to get so good. I promise. Yeah. It's almost over, you guys. <laughs> and it ends with a bang. So we're at this giant dining room table. It's a huge fancy dinner. There's a couple of random guys, two random guys that are apparently supposed to be British. Exchange students of some sort. They say our international friends. Their accents are unintelligible. Yeah. I don't understand what they're supposed to be. Whatever. And all the sorority women and Vicky Vickers is making a toast. And apparently it's Christmas. Oh, yeah. It's Christmas now. Yeah. 
So that's like the six week setup between Halloween and Christmas, I think. Sure. That was that whole thing. Luke enters the dining room brandishing a flamethrower with Egon goggles. Like a Ghostbuster, exactly. I wrote he's got the Ghostbuster flamethrower set up. Yep. So then we so then we get um Constance saying he's alone, like in an in a way that makes her seem evil again. And yeah. I'm like, wait, so did we just miss the whole part where she's in well, love with Roger? To be fair, he just threw scalding water on her. So she probably's not a big fan of his. But she killed his BFF. But it was consensual she was in love sex with. death murder. It was manslaughter at best because he was willing. He knew the risks in that moment. He took them. <laughs> Listen, she should have, if she really loved him and didn't want to hurt him, she should have said no. Right. So the point I'm making here his is. His moves were so smooth. The, the point I'm making here is, wait, now she's a bad guy again? Okay. So then Amanda busts in and says, baby got back up. And I wrote, my God. <laughs> my God. My God. He screams. <laughs> he screams, show me your navels. <laughs> and I snorted because I was laughing so hard. What the fuck has happened to this movie? I can't even. <laughs> I lost my shit at Baby Got Back Up. So listen, I was watching it in the room with the baby in the bed. She was over in the bed and I was on the other side of the room watching it. So I couldn't laugh out loud. So I was choking because he just screamed in this this way that was very... <laughs> I, I'm going to just have to say this word that I don't like to say. Like a completely insane person. Okay. He just was screaming, show me your navels. <laughs> if I was single, that'd have to be my pickup line. Right? You walk into a club and just yell, show me your navels. Show navel. me your navel. <laughs> this movie has, on a dime, <sighs> turned, turned into a campy hot mess. I'm here for the ending. If this was yeah. the whole movie. Right. And there were more boobs. If this was the way the whole movie had been, yeah, then I would have been way more into it. Then he tosses scalding hot water on Vicky Vickers, who we assume is the head. Oh my god! Uh, this whole thing, and she just screams, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" She's not an alien. No, which goes against all of the setup like why was she in the police department saying we have to watch our backs we have to they can't find out find out what what the fuck are you hiding then makes no sense makes no sense yeah. i was angry yep really dumb and she, so she's pissed and then he has this face that's like oh i fucked up luke turns to natasha who he knows is a tentacle monster and says this is for gibby the dj as he's burning her with the flamethrower, she turns into an alien. He's making faces. Like, remember that scene in Ace Ventura where the shark comes out? Yes. And he's making all those hilarious, ridiculous faces. This guy's trying to do that mm -hmm. in this moment. It's not working. No. She explodes. Yeah. Then Lily comes over and they have a little moment about the Belt of Orion thing that she had been talking about. 
And he's like, was it, it was real, wasn't it? And she's like, it was. And she's begging on her knees. And he goes, belt of Orion. How about, oh, wait, you want me to wait for that line? <laughs> just do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. I, I'm going to do this live. And Sam is literally falling over the chair because this is the line of the movie. The line of the movie. <laughs> he goes, belt of Orion. How about the belt of O'Frien? And he flamethrowers her. He screams it. Like in the most psychotic way. Listen, I don't like to use that word in this way, but there's really no other way to describe it. He's like, belt of O'Frien! This was everything in this movie. (laughs) It was everything. Legitimately, I'm not lying or exaggerating. I almost threw up. Because (laughs) I was... (laughs) laughing and trying not to laugh and trying to hold it in and trying to laugh quietly and it was i i like listen i'm speechless i'm speechless it was amazing i wrote i'm beyond confused but also a little bit pleased at the same time yeah turn that this has taken yep so now we're at exactly one hour and 25 minutes he's frying lily she runs. Oh, Constance gets the fuck out of there. Correct. Yeah. No, I'm talking about Lily. Oh. He's frying her with a flamethrower. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Amanda yeah. shoots her and she explodes. Constance runs away. Another one starts to run. Amanda shoots her. As it's running away and getting shot, yeah. it bumps into the Angora sweater girl from earlier. <laughs> and her wine spills on her sweater. And so... I enjoyed the continuity. And she's like, <laughs> and then she, what does she say? She's like, don't shoot me. I'm from, oh, I'm from like Hopedale or something. I, yeah. I don't even know what that means. I'm a I'm, human is what yeah. she was saying. Yeah. So then we get Luke chasing Constance through the basement of like a sports arena. Yeah. I don't know. God, this was huge. Massive, gigantic, dank, dark basement. Yeah. I also wrote, my legs are asleep and I blame the absurd length of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you are accurate. Yeah. So now he's brandishing the flamethrower like Jesse Ventura in Predator. Yep. That scene where he's just like. He's doing like the, yeah, no, yeah. you're hundred percent. It's dumb. So then he sees Constance as an alien, like crouched up on some pipes and he goes to shoot the flamethrower, but it's empty because he's just been like randomly wasting it, wasting it, which I knew was going to happen, obviously. So then she jumps on him and attacks him with her tentacles. And then Amanda shows up and shoots her. And Luke says, she's mine and grabs an axe and he knocks open a steam pipe and she explodes. Yeah. It was like, listen. But all right, hold on. We got to finish the movie. Well, no, but but I'm saying. It was anticlimactic. Yeah, but I didn't expect anything more because I had already guessed the ending by this point, which you did too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So listen, guys, you all know that she wasn't the final boss, right? There's someone lurking in plain view. Who? and we haven't articulated it because we're trying to do a little less spoilery has been clearly lurking in plain view this entire film for like the last half of the movie. 
I mean, they don't make it that obvious, but if you have since Bobby's death, right? But since you have half, a, if you have half a brain, it's Alex. We it's know Alex. it's Alex. You know, you know that Alex is going to be a chestburster. Okay, she's the. They mentioned there was a scout that came two years before. It's clearly her. That's why she knows people. Anyways, Alex comes. He comes out of the house, shares a nasty glance with the sorority girl. He threw the burned water on who's sitting in an ambulance, who's correctly pissed at him. Right. So at this point, I had written. Amanda or Alex are going to be the final boss. I know Alex is one. I wonder if Amanda's one, but probably no. not. He's known her for at least a little I mean, while. He's already banged her and not died. Oh, that's true. So. I didn't even think about that part. Then Luke and Amanda have a little moment. I still don't understand it. It's still not explained. Got nothing. It's just dumb. He's basically like, thanks for your help. And there's our closure. The end. Bye. So then Alex comes running over. Are you okay? And he goes, no, I am. And I wrote, barf. <laughs> and now more John Mayer-ish acoustic guitar music mm-hmm. starts playing because now they're in love with each other. So then the detective, of course, shows up. And he's like, what have you done now, puppy? Yeah, but you missed. He shows up and he's like whole, like going like, <clears throat> what does that even mean? Like clearing his throat and holding his throat. He got tentacled molested. Really? Yeah. When? I don't know, but that's the implication. I don't know. I think that's a really weird thing. Oh, and then he does it again at the end afterward. All right. So maybe he did get tentacle molested. Yeah. So. Oh, maybe that leads to there is a sequel. So maybe that's. who knows? I don't know anything of it, but. So he goes, what are you done now, puppy? And he goes, ask those guys. And right behind him is a reporter talking to the two international students. Who in their unintelligible accents are talking about these reptile aliens and they go at first they were hot then they were not (laughs) which is actually a line i enjoyed that's pretty funny and they deliver it well so then while the detective is listening to this luke and alex run slash frolic away Mm -hmm. and then the detective is like going and like grabbing out his throat again so listen either he was doing beer bongs that went all the way down his throat which is a real Which issue is very in Canada. In Canada. PSA. Um, when you're doing your beer bongs, make sure they're not deep in your throat. So that to me was that he was with a tentacle lady. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, because they've been infiltrating for so long. So Alex and Luke immediately go back to one of their rooms to start getting it on. And can I just... Do the last uh, dialogue exchange between the two because um, it's goddamn magical. It doesn't really make a whole lot of makes no sense. No, a lot of sense. So yeah. they're you know, oh, she lets her hair down, and now he realizes she's beautiful, right? Which was so she's all that, not another teen movie. Love it. Luke looks at her and goes, after she does it all this time, I never noticed your eyes are so beautiful. And Alex goes, because they're looking at you. <laughs> dude you guys it was seriously an episode of dawson's creek 100 for your navel to be discovered oh wait she doesn't have one in the movie i wrote here dude i want to meet the now adult child who wrote this movie Because I do. I want to ask him a lot of questions because it was a him. We know this. Uh, yes, we do. 
And here I also wrote, she's definitely the chestburster. They're making out. She turns around so that he can take her shirt off. And we see that she has no navel. Dun, dun, really she's about to tentacle fuck him. Yep. So then we get a little flashback to the beginning. The floofy haired guy in the letterman jacket. The OG floof. Right, right, the original floof with the frozen guys. And it shows her in the house as the person that mm-hmm. he sees. Which doesn't really make sense if she was the one who's supposed to have come earlier than everybody else. But, okay, don't care. Unless that happened two years before. I don't know. That was my only thought was, was that, like, way earlier? Because she had, like, a different hair design in that moment. So maybe. Hair designed. <laughs> I'm a guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So then we cut back to Luke and Alex and they're making out whatever. Um, We're watching them through a window and then Silent Night starts to play. What the fuck? And then we we see Luke realize that Alex is a chestburster. And then he's like starting to buck around and she's just flipping her hair around wildly. I guess mm-hmm. that she's attacking him. I don't know. And then it pans away to the snowy campus and then there's nothing. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. I wrote, what the fuck? That was very weird. Definitely confused. Like, so I think the detective was doing that to his throat to show how they have proliferated, I guess. They've I successfully done it right Right. they've successfully incubated incubated and that they're gonna win and then we get this situation happen so they win whatever so i gave some letter grades to a few the things that occur in this movie so acting uh d minus what kept it from being an f i mean because we've seen worse frankly the lead actress of bloody bill kept it from being an f all right Uh, some of the people in all through the house as well Yes. Let's be serious. I would have put it more like a C. I thought they were all average. Working with some really tough material. Some of it was pretty rough. Especially the weird overacting. All right. Luke really drags the grade down. Yeah. I I hope he got better with age. I'm just going to say that. I didn't check. I gave the music a C for nostalgic purposes. I think that's a fair grade. So listen, this is... What I my assessment of the music this is what I wrote. The music sounds like Matchbox Twenty pretending to be the Goo Goo Dolls. It's not good, but it's catchy-ish enough to like make me have feelings about that time. The costumes are A plus plus, but it's only because it brought back like those. You had to be between yeah. like fifteen and thirty in two thousand and four. To, to think the way we think about these costumes. Are you trying not to give away how old we are? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, there's that's the whole, like, age group that felt that way, probably. Yeah, listen, it it gave me a lot of fond memories of my teenage, late teens, early 20 years. Listen, those years had a lot of really not great stuff because I was a hot mess, like I said earlier. But there was also like good stuff and just seeing those outfits was like, oh my God, because I used to work in the mall mm-hmm. at a store that sold shit like that. And I'm Malls like, were these places you would yeah. go that had stores in them <laughs> before the internet sent everything to your house. You can go visit them now. They're where old people get their exercise. 
And sometimes I'd take my kid to run around when she's being a monster when we're grocery the one with a nice carpeted floor. And because nobody is in them. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I gave the script an F plus, and the plus is only for that last flamethrower scene. That's it. Yeah. And some of the one-liners. Because the script was terrible. Can't say enough about how much I thought it was written by a child. When they said in the behind the scenes that they came up with it brainstorming in the office after deciding they wanted to write a sci-fi movie in like an afternoon, it shows. Right. And and the fact that like they gave it to this young guy, which is great. Okay. They gave it to this young guy to write. They let him direct. I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that he like convinced them to let him like get his foot in the door. And it seems like he's gone on to a much better career. Yeah, you said he's done, like you said earlier, he's done some things. Like, I, I honestly have never heard of him, but it's fine because I haven't heard of a lot of people. So yeah. it's been a while since I've paid a lot of attention to that sort of stuff. But, you know, whatever. Get your foot in the door. Do your thing. But it she seemed very, like, sticky, schlocky, yeah. trying too hard, all that fun stuff. Just like anyone does in their first movie, I feel like. Uh, except for Kevin Smith. Because he's awesome. I wrote also that I felt like this movie is a total ripoff of that much more entertaining Josh Hartnett one that had John Stewart in it. What was that? Oh, the faculty. The faculty. That movie. Before or after this? I don't know, but it felt like a ripoff. Oh, the faculty's fun. Faculty. I really like and the it's faculty. Like well acted. The story's good. The yeah. alien storyline makes you sense. You do that as like a revisit later because yeah. I like that one a lot. That was really good. I haven't seen that one in forever. It's probably been 15 years. Yeah. Because I had seen it in the theater. I want to say that came out in like the late 90s. So I think that did come out before. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. And so I want to say I saw it when I was still in high school. So it was before this one. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this felt like a ripoff of that much better. Wow. Now that you say that, absolutely. 100%. As I was watching it, I was like, this is trying to be the faculty, even though I couldn't remember what it was called. It's <laughs> fun. Yeah. So. Okay. Do I like this? No, I yeah. don't. Like, barely, even a little bit, unfortunately. Listen, it just hit like all the wrong notes for me. There was some stuff that I liked, but not enough. Looking back at it, being honest as a, a mid 30 year old now, I clearly only liked it because hot girls and boobs. Right, right. And absolutely. I got some enjoyment out of the nostalgia trip that this was watching it. That's what made this tolerable. If you're not nostalgic for the late nineties, early two thousands, stay the fuck away from this movie. Right. Like there are parts of it that are funny. There are some one liners that are funny. But you heard them all from us. Right. And we delivered them honestly better, better than the actors. I mean, again, I hate like bagging on actors, but the acting is not good and it just is what it is it's that think, kind of like movie. I said i thought roger was okay i thought constance was okay i even thought lily was okay she was not okay she didn't have to do much though so she did the what she had to do she was this movie's version of wooden spoon with hair i actually thought the detective was fine well, the detective is great yeah the character actor. i've seen I him in stuff before yeah i had no problem with him um roger was was fine like he was fine because he was performing the material that was written for him. Like I said, he was the best actor of the bunch. But I've also seen him in other stuff, and he's very good. I know Constance has been in other stuff. I know the detective has been in other stuff. It's, I think all of these people have gone on to yeah. do other things, and hopefully, 
this was just the beginning. This is they were starting off. So we can't give them like too much shit for it. Yeah. But when you're watching something like this and taking it all into account, I don't think of those things necessarily until no. this conversation. Yeah. I'm like, God, this is so bad. <laughs> I hate to say it. I on rewatch do not like this movie. I cannot recommend it. Please don't spend $7 on the DVD on it. No. Watch like a YouTube trailer of it. And you'll get enough. You'll see what they look like and you'll get the idea from what we told you. What I will say, though, the best thing about this movie was the trailers gave us great potential future movie ideas. Oh, absolutely. So thank you, DVD trailer. So we are on Instagram. Yes. Do I like this podcast? We are on Facebook. Do I like this? Just it's a group you can join. And you can email us at do I like this podcast at gmail.com. And Ian's been super active on his Instagram as well. Ian James. Because he has way more time than I do to do that sort of thing. So I did. I was on vacation last week and a half. (laughs) We'll see. Uh, I do try to stay active and uh, respond and be engaged. I also try, but I tend to fall asleep way earlier. Yeah. So So thank you guys for listening to us talk about what was probably the second worst movie we've done so far. We. Actually, you know what? I would say this was worse than Bloody Bill. I would recommend Bloody Bill over this. Yeah, yeah this is probably the worst movie we've done Bloody so far. Bill is not supposed to be. Because Earl, alone, seriously, is better than anything that was in this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. We will always love Earl. We love you, Earl. Thank you guys for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. And we appreciate you guys being so supportive. Um, we have a lot of really awesome people in our Yes. Partner. Shout out to, and next week I will get the names right, but a couple of podcasts have started putting us out there as things to listen to. We thank you all so much for the support. We uh, look forward to doing more and more and more of these. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.